1: Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLV.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
2: 2 to Hoskins. Strikeout. hit! Yeah! Ten strikeouts for Jacob DeGrom. The 55th time in his career, he struck out ten or more
3: and a called strike three got him on the outside edge eight strikeouts for nola and just like degrom he has retired 16 in a row well that
4: was pretty much it last night a great pitchers duel up in queens a classic phillies lose to the mets one to nothing Second straight night, the Phillies had to face a Cy Young winner, and last night, not able to get much done. Good morning, everybody, along with my pal, Jody Mack. I'm Glenn Mack now. Jody, I do not like the outcome, but I love a nice, tight pitcher's duel,
5: you? And the fact that you watched every single pitch, whatever time you tuned in, I guess you could have gone over to the NFL Network for uh, Cowboys preseason action if that's your druthers, but man, you could you just couldn't turn it off because yeah. every the game's hanging in the balance. They give up a run, then you know any one swing can get it tied if you're the Phillies. Oh, except Jacob Degrom is pitching, so that one swing's going to be hard to come by. Phenomenally exciting game. Even Diaz giving up the couple of walks and stolen bases to put the tying and the winning run and scoring position on the last hit-bat of the game. Uh, but then uh, Diaz, who's also having a phenomenal game, did what he did and struck out the last batter. So, yeah, the the result was not what you wanted if you're a Phillies fan, but the excitement level of the game was tremendous.
4: Let me go over a couple of these details with you. DeGrom, uh, we said he goes 6 the, I, and I guess it's because of the injuries and stuff. They're just not going to let him go deeper than that. But he allows two hits, no walks, 10 Ks. He's thrown 101-mile-hour fastballs in the sixth inning. Um, but I guess, as I said, they're protecting him is what they're doing. They want to make
5: sure he's pitching into October. Right. And okay. they're probably overprotective. He looked perfectly fine to me in the yeah. sixth inning. It looked like he could have continued doing what he was doing. But, yes, they are falling very much on the side of caution with him. Okay. And then the Mets
4: bullpen takes over. The Trumpets for Dia. You like the Trumpets? Yeah, it's actually pretty cool. I do think so, too. It gets, I know, you know, you're a Phillies fan, so you're not supposed to love it, but it gets those 48,000 people on their feet. It's 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 the best. I can't – well, Sandman was pretty good.
5: Yeah, I was going to say this yeah. side of Mario Anno Rivera, it might be the best entrance music. Yeah. Trevor Hoffman uh, with ACDC was also pretty good, uh, but uh, they're few and far between to compare what the Mets have going with Edwin Diaz right now.
4: All right, so as you mentioned, he gets a little shaky. He walks to, strikes out Castellanos to end it. Uh, my Twitter feed was full of a hundred million dollars too much for that guy.
5: Of course. Hey, it's, you know, <laughs> he's actually tough. picked it up over the last couple yes. of weeks. You, you yes. could have sent that tweet about 182 yeah. times over the course of a 40 game stretch when he couldn't buy a hit, but he's actually been better of late. All right.
4: Nola as well was great. He goes eight. He gets that, that complete, that rare complete game loss. Uh, scatters four hits, walks one, strikes out a offense, did, did nothing behind him. Um, he Nola really is one of the best starters in Major League Baseball. Jody Mack, we are now in the middle of August. We are headed towards September. Can I have faith and belief that Aaron Nola is going to avoid that late season collapse that we have seen in the past few years? <sighs>
5: Oh, wh- why not take five more starts and then come up with that decision? Let him, let him play a uh, pitch a couple more t- into August, end of August. Oh, sure, the, the calendar turns. It's September. Aaron Nola has not been good in September. We're going to get a handful, two or three, starts before we get to the last week of September, which will lead into October. And, yes, I still do believe the Phillies are making the playoffs despite last night's loss. We don't have to. It's trending in the right direction, better than it has in previous seasons, but there may just be something that when he reaches an innings limit, it affects his arm in some way. So I'm not ready to go there today, but I'm optimistic. I'm not locking it in, but I am optimistic because he's trending better. Let me just say at ten oh
4: five on August the fourteenth that there's a there's a little piece in the back of my mind that has that fear. I can't I can't avoid that nagging fear that what I've seen because everything else is going so so well. Um, all right, so the Phils are they're four and ten against the Mets this season. They've lost the four previous series. They could they could pull it out today and get it. Zach Wheeler yep. on the mound, uh, what is it, one hundred forty start against that Chris Bassett. How
5: are you feeling today? Well, good, because it's Wheeler. Um, Bassett is uh, a really nice acquisition that, yeah, at the time, I even commented here on WIP, the Phillies might have missed the boat because he was gotten for a fair package, not an outrageous package, and I thought he would have been a nice addition as a fifth starter here in Philadelphia. He's been just that for the Mets. So it's not like they're facing a stiff pass. It's a nice pitcher, um, but if you've got Wheeler on the hill, Phillies have a pitching advantage going into yeah, that. I like it today. Um, can I say one thing that's
4: going to make me sound really old here? Go ahead. I'm watching, I'm watching the Phillies and the Phillies hitters and the Mets hitters as well, but the Phillies hitters certainly. Two strikes against them, and then they just they flail away, right, swinging from the from the ankles. And why does why does it? If, you know, you got a guy like Degrom, who to me, he's throwing hundred and one miles an hour. You want to try to take a little bit of a of a protective stance up there, and nobody shortens out. I'll give you two examples. Top of the third inning, um, Nick Maton is up. And Nick Maton is not exactly going to lead the league in any hitting category. He's got two strikes on him. He swings from his heels and stares out in a daze. Like, oh, how did that happen? Top of the fifth, Brandon Marsh, two strikes. Tries, takes this swing and tries to hit one into the Hudson River as, as his knees buckle from the force. Uh, and this was, by the way, after landing on his knee, swinging on strike two. And he's cursing under his breath. Jody Mack, you are a baseball man. And I know there's no shame in the strikeout now like there used to be, but this is a one-to-nothing game. Don't you want to just try to
5: get on base? Don't you want to shorten it up? You want to, but it's easier said than done. Um, That's why Brandon Marsh's offensive numbers aren't all that good and the acquisition of him coming over. That's his swing. And he doesn't change it, and he hasn't changed it. And if you're thinking he's going to change it just because Jacob DeGrom's on the mound, I think you're hoping against hope. Uh, No, I was not surprised. And, oh, by the way, rather than just uh, put Philly hitters in their place, Jacob DeGrom did that for you. You don't need to do it. He's just that good. His stuff is that nasty. You could choke up halfway up the bat. And he's still going to drop a slider at ninety nine miles an hour. That's going to be in the strike zone until about six inches before the plate, and it's going to drop six inch- yeah, inches.
4: Yeah, and I know, I know, I'm stuck on this one thing. And and, and again, I don't want everybody to to be uh, well, my reference is going to be old here, but Matty Alou, for lack of a, of a better name. I, right?
5: You talk about a slap hitter. That's as good as you can get, right there. Yeah, like
4: right. It. Led the league in hitting and hit about you know f- five doubles in one home run every year um but my point being that he's really tough to hit i just think nobody anymore thinks like to play protectively when they have two strikes and it's it's something that that i wish they would do jody i my my baseball career ended in junior varsity okay that's how good i was i was a backup second baseman i hit 400 that year jody 2 for 5 didn't nice. get to play much <laughs> but but I mean, you know, my old coach back then used to say, damn it, there's two strikes. You're not going to hit it over the fence.
5: That's it. Yeah, I'm this, preaching here. this this is Major League Baseball.
4: I know, and that was 1970, this, this whatever, is, yeah. and I know, I know, I know, I know. So yeah, you're the telling game, me I'm wrong.
5: The game is, I'm not telling you you're wrong. I'm just telling you don't let it bother you as much as it sounds like it does. Because you're not going to change it. Sitting at home, and the Phillies aren't going to change. They are what they are. Their players have the swings that they have. Even though what you lay out uh, psychologically makes a ton of sense, they just don't do it. Major League Baseball does not And the Phillies don't. aren't the only team. Everybody. No, I know, I know that. Oh, the Mets are doing the same day. thing. I
4: know. I, I know. it's, And it's just it's one of those things that – Will always drive me crazy. And listen, I I'm I don't want to be that guy who rails against the game and what things used to be. I accept change in sports. I embrace change in sports. But last night, I'm thinking
5: two two runs is gonna win this game. Just get get on base. Okay. You know you know who you sound like to me. Oh, uh, no, I'm Sue Keith Hernandez talking <laughs> about the Phillies' inability to play. Defense and fundamentals, which, oh, by the way, they've been great at these games. games, even though they didn't score a run last night. The double play they turned late in the game, Hoskins coming in, firing to second, Maton covering first, the double up at the plate the night before. Great play by Castellanos, who is still a butcher in right field, but on that given play, it was perfect, perfect throw, perfect tag. The the Mets the Phillies have played really fundamentally sound baseball despite Keith Hernandez railing. Yes,
4: away. I I know, and it is even more fun that you know, I know they lost, but they are playing very good, very solid defensive baseball against. Uh, well, overall they are. Is that is that Stott over Deedy? Is that Marsh moving in the left field? Is that is that what Keith Hernandez is not
5: seeing? Um, uh, Mar- Marsh is center field. I don't know center field. What, what did I, I say? Um, center field. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh yeah he, he hadn't seen Marsh play center field for the Phillies so that is a major upgrade right and, and Didi was terrible Didi couldn't field no uh, I disagree um, really Didi, yeah hmm. oh yeah Didi was improved defensively this year over what he was last year last year his defense fell off pretty badly um, but this year he actually was making all the plays and made a uh a highlight real film play about once every two weeks. I did not think his defense was the problem. His offense was the problem. I counted this guy in for 20 home runs this year, and he couldn't hit a home run from second was, base starting it was only second ni- base. He was only he 19 short, that.
4: right. Yeah.
5: Damn. Okay. No, it, the bigger problem with D.D. And Stott's, Stott's just as good. Um, I don't think Stott's a major upgrade over D.D. defensively. If it is, it's slight. Uh, but Stott's going to be here for the next decade, so get him going right now, and he's uh, certainly improved over the last month. Okay,
4: so last night in New York, they had 48,000 people, I think, at that game. I mean, they were full. It was a, Yeah, above it was a, capacity. Yeah, it was 43,857. There you go. Are we going to see those
5: crowds here next weekend? Phil's Mets, are we going to get that here? If you do, I'll say this, and I'm judging on TV like everybody else. It seemed to me, if you wanted to put a percentage on it, 2% of the crowd was Philly fans. I, I've been in City Field when Philly fans have come in years that Mets haven't been that good. And you get close to 50% Phillies fans in the house. Yes. I've been at games at both the Vet and Citizens Bank Park. Uh, where 50% of Mets fans are in the house. There are, depending on where the teams are at. Now, right now, they're both playoff teams. Mets are uh, going to have the second-best record in the National League when all is said and done. Finally, the Dodgers and the Phillies are going to be a wild card. But they're both playoff teams. It was heavy-handed Mets fans last week, uh, last night. I'm hoping that same percentage is what we're looking at at uh, Citizens Bank Park. I fear we're not. Because I did go down to the game the other night after doing the uh, show uh, in Eagles training camp with Joe the Camera. And uh, hung around, went to the, and I invited the camera to come with me. He just declined. I went mm-hmm. over to the turf club in between, hit a couple of races, made some money. So it was a real good day. Yeah, it's a good day and for Jody. I went over, got a chance to talk to Rob Thompson, had dinner with Charlie Manuel, of all people. That's why oh, I sat next how to him nice. in the cafeteria. Very yeah, it was great. nice. Me, he's, the great, oh, he's the greatest guy in the world. Charlie and his wife and had a great 45-minute uh, dinner conversation with those guys. It kind of was a disappointing crowd. I thought it would be better than that. Now it rained, which kind of threw everything off. They boot, brought the stupid uh, t- uh, tarp out, and it wasn't even raining. I said, what the hell are they doing? This game's going to get a, not going to get off on time? Uh, Ten minutes later, just a deluge, and it came down yeah, in yeah. buckets for 20 minutes and then stopped, and they got the game in. But it wasn't all that great a crowd, and I thought it was going to be – yeah, um, I don't think Philadelphia has bought in 100% yet for this Phillies or playoff I team. Agree. I agree. Because of the 10 years they've been waiting, kind of like it. you and me waiting on Nola. We'll, we'll, we'll go as long as we have to to feel as good as we want to about his ability to pitch in September and October. I think the Philly fans are also in that kind of mode.
4: Yeah, I, I do as well. Uh, the upside, well, the upside is the pitching has been great. Suarez was terrific the other night. Nola, I mean, they went, they went toe-to-toe with a couple of Cy Young Award winners, which is pretty good. Uh, and the other upside is they are, as we sit here this morning, uh, a game or a game and a half up on both the Brewers and the Cardinals. One of those teams will win the Central and thus get into the playoffs, but the Phillies will battle the other. They're a half a game up on the Padres. And, Jody, the Padres have their own new problems. What are your thoughts today on the suspension of, uh, uh, I don't want to say the suspension, on the impact of the suspension of Fernando Tatis Jr. for the rest of this year and first, whatever, 38, 40 games of next year?
5: Here's the one piece of information that hasn't come out, and I don't know if it'll ever come out, but then again, stuff gets leaked out all the time. When did he test positive? We don't don't really know. All we know is when Major League Baseball announced it and said the suspension begins immediately. He might have tested positive months ago because he wasn't playing. He was on the injured list. So um, they they may have decided, listen, we're not announcing this now because we're not going to allow him to get games counting as suspensions that he wasn't going to play anyway. Because he was injured, and he was so, why should he benefit from the fact that he's injured? And we want him to miss 80 games that he's capable of playing in. I'd really like to know when he actually tested positive. That they hold the results. That they announce it immediately. Uh, anyway, you slice it, it handicaps the Padres, and they've been playing uh, playoff-type ball all year without Tatis. Without uh, Soto and Bell, who they added to the trade deadline, so it doesn't eliminate the pirate. You don't go, oh, now they got no chance. Well, no, they were that good even without him all year. But much like we're waiting on the return of Bryce Harper, they were waiting on the return of Fernando Tatis, and it's not happening, San Diego.
4: Yeah, it's a very good comparison as well, uh, and that does give the Phillies a little bit of an edge. All right, two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Um. We got all that. We're a day past Eagles-Jets, a game that uh, Jody McDonald watched with intense interest oh, yes. for both teams. Looks like Zach Wilson had, what, two to four weeks with a bone bruise, dodged a bullet there?
5: Oh, It's more than a bone bruise. It's a tear, but it's a minor tear. Okay. So they're going to do a surgery, and even with now the advent of these great laser surgeries, uh, you can come back relatively quickly. They're stating it is probably two to four weeks, but yeah. it was an actual tear that if it was just a bruise and he wouldn't have surgery. He's having yeah. surgery, okay. so it's a okay. tear. All
4: right. Likewise, Jalen Hurts dodges a bullet in that first drive. He breaks the pocket, runs right, uh, well out of bounds when he gets clobbered by Quincy Williams, who launches himself head head first. Uh, so he's okay and had a had the one opening drive, goes six for six. They score the touchdown. One day later, Jody, what is your takeaway from that game? What's What sticks with you off of that game?
5: The fact that the Eagles lost the game is about <laughs> as irrelevant as it <laughs> oh, can yeah. be. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the Jets' four-teamers are better than the – it's not even the Jets' four-teamers. No. It's the Jets' special team it's with special the 50-yard uh, return which that, that a- put them in position to score the game-winning touchdown. Yeah, if you're a Jet fan and you're taking solace in that, go for it. But it, it really doesn't mean anything because it was 14-0 nothing. before you could blink with the Eagles' both first-team offense and first-team defense looking great.
4: Yeah, uh, and, and just it is one preseason game. I don't even know who all is playing special teams, but Eagles' special teams were bad last year. Uh, I don't want that to be a recurring problem this year. So that that's, that's the only thing. I was really impressed with Hertz. Um, and again, you don't want to put too much import on it. It is one drive. I will say the Jets' defense was—you know—they're—they're they're running to the ball. I'll give them that much. I don't know how talented they are, but they certainly hustled in that in that one drive where the Eagles scored the touchdown. And man, Hertz was six for six. He had the the really nice touchdown pass to Goddard, who was wide open, but he hit him in stride. Uh, the pass to Quez Watkins, I thought, was nice as Hurst threw rolling to his right. Someday I'd like to see Hertz throw rolling to his left, but we'll see. I uh, had a scrambling touch, and that was called back. He did it without looking for A.J. Brown. He did it without Devontae Smith. As I said, Jody, it's one series in a preseason opener against the Jets, but to me it was an encouraging start for Hertz because he just looked in the flow, and he was hitting guys in stride, and um, – We're not going to see him again to the regular season. You certainly want to see it go out that way.
5: Two things uh, that kind of jumped off the page for me in the the time that the Eagles' ones were on the field offensively. The fact that he didn't throw the ball to A.J. Brown. You Mm -hmm. know, I do my show with uh, Johnny Mack, who's at every single Eagle practice, and basically every day comes on and goes... And Jalen Hurts just keeps throwing the ball to A.J. Brown. It's a given. It's almost a joke in practice that he is so locked into getting A.J. up to speed and throwing the ball to him. He throws it as much to him as he does everybody else combined in practices. They have a game, six passes, none of them go to A.J. Brown, which I think was a great thing. Just showed that yeah, practice is one thing, game would be another, even though it's just a practice game. um, They did spread the ball around, which was great. And the the one thing that I uh, had to laugh at was – It'll be completely forgotten a week from now, and certainly in uh, November when we're talking about the Eagles and what they're doing, where they are in the standings. The first touchdown of the year was a Jalen Hurts run, and it was called back because of a penalty. Mm-hmm. So they had to do it again. So instead he throws the 22-yard touchdown pass to Goddard. Uh, there's been some debate, at least on my shows, over the last when I was on with the camera and my buddy Johnny Mack, Well, oh, the Eagles should stick with what they did last year. Eagles need to run the football. They know they can run the football. The offensive line is the uh, stalwart of the team. They would need to make the playoffs this year. Why are we? Changing? Why are they trying to throw the football more? Because they are. Because they did go out and give A.J. Brown $100 million. Because they know if you want to win a Super Bowl, chances are in the NFL in 2022, you got to be able to throw it better than the Eagles did last year. Uh, Last year's stats are now borderline irrelevant. The Eagles are going to start this year as a passing team. And they will go at least as long, if not longer, before, if it's not working, they make this decision, oh, we got to go back to running the football. Not happening. Uh,
4: Agree. I mean, if they have to run the ball, I know they can run the ball. Let's see if they can pass the ball. I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you. Uh, okay, one more thing. We got a, uh, we got a Scheib, uh, Vintage Sports giveaway today. Fifty dollar gift card, Shibe Vintage Sports, where there's a story in every stitch. Check out their throwback apparel at their Center City location or ShibeSports.com. And by the way, a previous winner, a guy won on our show about a month ago, tweeted me a, a picture yesterday that he received his Santa Hates Dallas sweatshirt that he got from the gift card. He said, I can't wait to wear this this fall. So today, you too can win. And here's here's what I want to go with. Um, Caller yesterday. A guy called yesterday after the Phillies won Friday night 2-1 to one in the 10th inning. And we were talking about uh, Veerlings throwing out the runner at the plate on that potential sack fly. Great throw by him. And this was after the Phillies score on the top of the inning, uh, 10th on a sacrifice fly. And this guy said, the sacrifice, he said, the most exciting play in sports is the sacrifice fly. I never considered that, Jody, but he kind of explained it. He says, like, you see the setup, and then you see the, you know, you look at the guy at third, itching, and then you see the the uh, fielder kind of trying to move in a step, get some momentum, the anticipation. You get a play at the plate, etc. It can be exciting. I don't know if I'd put it the most exciting play, but he made a case. So here's the deal. What is the most exciting play in sports? Any sports. Jody, I always would say the long punt return, but you'd never see those anymore. The punt return is almost dead from football. Um, Any sport can be, well, you know, I don't want to give all of them away. Is there one that you would say, and we'll just take out of the mix. For you, Jody McDonald, this is the most exciting play in sports. Yeah,
5: no, I don't want to go because
4: if you don't I, want to give I it away. tell
5: you the one that I do, it would absolutely be the best one. So, okay. uh, And then <laughs> okay. you're taking a second-place winner. I be <laughs> oh, pretty sure yourself there. Uh, just a little bit.
4: <laughs> okay. Uh, do we agree that Moshe Kravitz will be the judge on this? Who? Who you want to make the judge? Uh, Moosh. Moshe. Mosh? Uh, Called Mosh? to serve. You
5: are uh, willing and able. Oh,
6: yeah. Thank you so much for this honor.
4: The, yeah. the,
5: the, we're, we're throwing him into the mosh pit? Is that what you're telling Yes.
4: Us? There you go.
5: Oh, okay. <laughs> there you have it. Uh, I, I butcher, uh, see, I talked to him about it before the show. And I'm surprised that you don't do this. What's that? I've called him Moshe. Uh, excuse me. I've called him Moshe. No, no. You've never called him Moshe? No. And I, I grew up with more people named Moshe than you. You probably did, but did you not grow up with any Moishas? Uh, my great uncle. Okay,
4: there you go. And he, I was, had a bu- he was about 80 when I was 10.
5: I had a buddy whose name was spelled the exact same as our producers now, and he went as Moisha. So that's what I've called, because I see his name, and that's the way I pronounce that, and I apologize to him. Uh, I think Sonny Hill called him Mush before the show yeah. started at the end of the show today. So our, our producer extraordinaire, Mr. Kravitz, oftentimes gets his name butchered. Guilty as charged, Jody McDonald. So uh, I'm apologizing in advance.
4: Moshe, is this something you've had your, your whole life that people get it wrong? Yeah.
6: Oh, 100%. I mean, it, you know, it's it's uh, like f- most of my friends for, for my whole life have called me Moshe. Uh, and that's what you guys call me. When people say my full name, we say they say it as Moshe, which is the correct yeah, you got to get the little e in at the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know, if if for especially Jewish people, but for people over a certain age, ding, Moish ding, ding, or ding, Moisha ding. or Moishi has has consistently come. I was saying to Jody before the show that uh, despite neither of them being Jewish, uh, Big Daddy and Jody for years called me Moish or Moisha, uh, and I I didn't mind it coming from them. Now oh, there you so, go. All right. So now we all
4: got it right.
5: Uh, I'll get it wrong before the show is That's over Okay. Again. I can pretty much anyway, you
4: Anyway, so, that. so, 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 a $50 gift card from Shive Vintage Sports. But, as always, don't drive Moshe crazy by just calling to win a prize because you won't. We've raised uh, Philly's issues to start Big-time pen and race. I want to talk a little bit more about the attendance when we go back. We've talked about the Eagles after the first preseason game. There are many things for you to have an opinion about today. We're going to get into a little bit of a Sixers issue. We're going to uh, give you a TV review as the show comes on. Ben Davis is going to join us. I was watching other preseason football last night. Jody did a little scouting on Nick Foles and Carson Wentz. So whatever you want to call about, you are welcome to do so. And you can offer the most exciting play in sports to win the $50 gift card to Shive Vintage Sports. Oh, which, by the way, we have our Shy Vintage throwback uh, uh, game of the uh, moment of the week. Jody McDonald, Glenn Macnow, 94 WIP.
0: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries
7: shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast baseball is back
1: and so is mlb.tv watch every out-of-market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices anywhere anytime all season long follow the action live or on demand Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
4: Jody McDonald, Glenn Macnow, 94 WIP. So, Jody, you do not do the Wordle every day. Is that correct? No. Which is now being done by, I'm just looking at this. Ten, ten. No, it was three million. Now it's ten million. Then it's thirty million. I don't know. Like you, you are aware of what it is, right? Yes. I'm trying to do it during the break, and this is this is like the toughest one they've ever had. I'm just using Moe's. You do you do the wordle. I used to. I didn't stick oh,
6: with on, it. I'm, I'm gonna bring it up. I'm gonna bring it up now and see if I, I do can it. get it. Can get, like, I'm gonna
4: see if I can get it before you. I'm three guesses in, and I, I I'm going nowhere on this one. So I'm just curious. If you do it, let me know if you have any success. Who's Wordle? Wordle is Wordle is this phenomenon that's gone no, around I, the world. I know
5: what it is. I'm oh. saying
4: who is it. W- we mean who is it?
5: It's who a game. creates it every single oh. day. Somebody's got to come well, up now with the a new, new, new York combo Times to. to-
4: so here's, here's – I'll give you the quick story, and I not want to get to the phones. There's a guy in, in, uh, from England who was living in New York whose name was Josh Wardle, okay? Okay. And in October 2021, during the pandemic, he created the – he's a software engineer, and he created this word game for his girlfriend. Um, and it's basically just – every day you have to guess a five-letter word presumably a fairly common five-letter word and so you just guess a word and at the end of your first guess it tells you how many letters you got correct of that five-letter word and how many you got in the correct spot right so you might guess an e but you put the e in the third spot it will tell you it's color-coded so you get a green that tells you you or you get a yellow that tells you that it's correct but if it's in the right spot you get a green Right. Yeah, and you get, basically, you try to figure out the word in six guesses through what you got. And it is this guy who started it with his girlfriend playing on their sofa, and then it took off, and then it started becoming popular on Twitter. You see people put their results on Twitter and Facebook, right? You've seen that? Yep. And that made it go wild. The New York Times bought it from this guy for, I think, $10 million. I was going to say,
5: how much he get paid?
4: Yeah, he, he it was free it was, it still is free you can New York Times let you play it for free even though they own it um, it's free but he was just doing it for anybody and then the Times bought it and it has taken off I want to see how many people play it because the last story I can find is May and in May there were 10 million people playing I'm telling you now it's so so much more but anyway it's just it's just a thing that that people do.
5: Right. And That's the it. reason I don't do it is because uh listening to you talk about it, you and I have had this conversation previously on the air and other people on social media on Facebook. It's addictive. Oh, yeah, it's addictive but it takes 5 minutes. Yeah, it's 5 minutes I don't have. And you can
4: only play it once a day. There's only one a day. Understood. Still yeah. don't have that 5 minutes. Pass. <laughs> you are pretty busy, I know that. Uh let's get uh, John uh, John Wayne. There you hey, go. Good morning,
8: guys. Hey. Uh yeah, I get. It. I'm listening to that. My wife plays that Wordle every day, right? Yeah. And uh, I go to the jumble in the paper. I get yeah, the daily New news every day. So the jumble's got five different words, and it's, it's good uh, for I your like brain. Yeah, pull yeah, up at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But hey, what, what would Groucho have uh, done with that? He's playing Wordle on the sofa. You know, Groucho Marx would have. <laughs> yeah. He would have made you chuckle over that. Yep. So listen, Jody, this is your old buddy from Cardinals Spellman High School in the Bronx. Right? Yes. And I played, and you played at Sacred Heart. But I was uh, before you, and I, was, I played football at Villanova from 68 to 72. Nice. Here's my – I've been dying to, to talk to you guys about this. A uh, little coach I had at Spelman named Andy Sopola, and he taught fundamentals great. And one of the uh, strongest fundamentals he taught about baseball was when you have a tag play at second, third, or home, right, the ball is thrown to you. Where does the glove go? You right, never reach for the guy sliding into the base. You put it right down on the ground, to, right in front of the base. Correct. The biggest abuse I've seen this eight or ten times this year watching Philly games, where nobody does that. The biggest abuser of it all is Riomilto.
5: Look, you look at the uh, play yeah, at the plate the other I'll, night. I'll, I'll interrupt. Go the ahead. Games, the games changed from when your coach was teaching you fundamentals. You I understand can't, that we got had anymore. Say it It's again? different. You can't block the plate. You can block second. You can block third. You can't block the plate, so you can't get your foot in there anymore. So it's got to be a swipe. So it's very difficult to swipe and get the tag down and hold it in front of the, the you know plate. What? Jody, I'll give you that.
8: Go look at the strikeout double play last night. They they had the guy dead at second base, and he was almost safe because the the the, uh, the guy reached – it reached to tag the guy, and he almost came in underneath this this the, the tag. They were going to challenge it. All right, it's okay. unbelievable. You check it out; you won't All you won't right. believe it. All I right. I understand that that whole. Block I
4: got thing you. At home. And listen, I, you know, I'm railing about nobody shortening up on with two strikes. Jesus, we are we are sounding old here.
5: <laughs> no, his point is accurate. He yeah, just I know, I He know. pointed the guilty finger at Riamuta more than anybody else. Right. I feel catchers badly for the catchers because the catcher can't do it. It's the posy rule. Yep. And you know what? I've never talked
4: to a catcher who, and you get, we're going to have Ben Davis on at eleven. Uh, I've never talked to a catcher who likes that they changed that rule. Catchers liked blocking home plate.
5: Right. Yeah. So not not go. afraid to get that shin guard down there and make sure the guy didn't get anywhere near the dish. That's right.
4: V and Sharon Hill is with us. Hi, V. Hey,
9: guys. Um, wanted to talk Phillies. Um, I think you're doing good. I mean, the game last night didn't bother me because it was a tight game. And they played well defensively. I mean, it—you know—people mm-hmm. will hit, and you know—it's Jacob sorry.
4: Degrom. You know, if you is. if you if you get shut out by a Cy Young winner, who's
5: multiple Cy Young
4: winners. multiple Cy Young winner, who's—I was going to say—if he's not the top pitcher in baseball, he's a top five. Certainly when he's healthy. So that's you know, it right. happens.
9: Right, it, 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 and that's that's that. But I think they're doing good so far, and. Um, as far as the Eagles, I mean, you know, Jalen looked okay. I mean, he only did one series. So, but you know, it's you know, we'll know when the real um, games start. I mean, yeah, which by the way
4: is almost a month away. We're going to see long. nothing for a month. Fee? It's <laughs> too long. It really is. It, it is, and <laughs> the guys who are going to play the preseason games are going to be guys just scruffing to make the lineup. Do you right. have the most exciting play in sports?
9: Um, I'm going to tell you what excited me years ago when I was younger was in basketball when Daryl Dawkins broke the backboard.
4: No, no, no. We're, talking, we're not talking about one play you've ever seen. We're talking about and, – and thanks, V. Always nice to talk to you. Let me clarify that. It's not one play. It's not, gonna, it's not the Philly special. It is a recurring play that you will see in sports. You know, I said the long punt return. Uh, the guy who called yesterday surprised me when he said the sacrifice fly. We're talking about that. Any sport, the play that you most look forward to seeing. Not one play that you ever saw. Because that Understood. would be the Philly special.
5: But, Mac, before you lament, your, it's going to be a month before the Eagles actually going to play a game that matters and Jalen Hurts is going to get out there on the field. Yeah. Oh, pay attention this week. Thursday, Friday, joint practices in Cleveland. They're going to be huge. Last year, the Eagles were undefeated. 4-0 in those four (laughs) practices, Mac, man. Yeah, I know. Well aware.
4: I know. I know. We don't get to see those.
5: Fans don't get to see
4: those. Those are not televised. Unfortunately not. Right. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's – the way football is is you wait all year for camp to open, and then camp opens, and two days later it's like, all right, I'm tired of news out of camp. When's the preseason? And so then the preseason comes, and they play the first game, and the offense and the defense, the first units play one series, and then they're out. By the way, the defense played really well against the Jets' first uh, string offense too. And then they're done, and we're not going to see them until September 11th. And we're going to, I mean, we'll probably see some the Kobe Dean, some Jordan Davis. We'll see, you know, Jurgens, a few guys, some of the guys going for wide receiver. But by and large, Jody, it's going to be, you can't tell
5: the names without the programs. And the, oh, by the way, uh, you and I are of a certain age. Uh, I can certainly say I remember when they actually played six preseason games.
4: Six. Oh, yeah. Six. Days. Oh, yeah. Uh,
5: but then for decades, it was four preseason games. Now that we're down to only three, this one coming up is supposed to be the penultimate, the game before the last preseason game, which we used to call the dress rehearsal, where the starters would play into half, if not three quarters, to be ready for the start of the season. You think we got any chance of getting that this week coming no. up against Cleveland? No. Not a prayer. Nothing. Not a prayer.
4: Nope. Nope, nope. All right. Hey, we see you on hold. We're going to get you in the next segment, 215 592 with Jody McDonald. I am Glenn Macnow. Glenn Macnow, Jody McDonald, 94, WIP. Ben Davis at 11. Looking forward. Always always look forward to talking to Ben. Uh, let us get John in Maniunk, see what's on his mind today. What do you got, John? Uh, big question today with uh, Bryce Harper coming back from the DH. Um, DM, yeah, yeah. He's
10: probably going to be, uh, I mean, from the I.L., he's going to yeah, be in D.H. They said he's not going to play right field. And I think one problem with that is uh, Long Ball Hall is going to be out of the lineup. Is there any other way around that? Like, uh, I'd rather see him in the lineup than Castellanos at this point. Jody,
5: no, he's can't going to become a bench piece, which that's a nice guy to have. And I guess at some point we got to go back and research his pinch hitting uh, resume for his entire career. My guess is he didn't do much of it because he has been a pretty good prospect going through the system. He's not going to be a guy you're going to have on the bench on the minor league level, but that's, yeah, that's going to be his role going forward is as your need a long ball off the bench, left-handed bat.
10: Yeah. Another thing like with uh Paul too, I think he has, I'm, I know he's been in the minors for a while, but he has good potential. So next year, is the last year of arbitration for Reese Hoskins? He's having a good year. Do you re up him or do you think about oh, trading man. him? I'm, all- I'm
4: I'm not as sold on Hall as you are. Um, no. I, okay. Clearly, listen. I really like what he's done, but he is a guy who made it at 26, which is a long you know a long time in the minors. Most most guys who come at, up at 26 don't sustain as impact players. Um, mm-hmm. He's got whatever 115 at bats or so. I must like Reese Hoskins more than most people, and I know he can be streaky and he's never going to hit for mm-hmm. average, but he's got really good power and um, he gets on base. I'm I'm not, I'm not making that deal. Jody, maybe you feel different. Uh,
5: and the other thing about Reese Hoskins, not so much as the guy across the diamond from him. Your buddy Ray's uh, yeah. description of the two guys playing the corners for the Phillies was what? The corner butchers. butchers. Uh, the corner butchers are playing better defense, despite what Keith Hernandez says. Yeah, Bohm has really upped his defensive game at third, and Hoskins is getting is well, maybe he's in a little bit of a hot defensive yeah. streak. You don't usually think that, but he's been making the plays over there at first. That would be an issue for me uh, about Reese Hoskins. At what point are you just going to say, enough of yeah. the you've got to make him a DH? Um, but I'm, I'm still with you, Glenn. I'm not moving away from Hoskins right now.
4: John, give us the most it.
10: exciting play in sports. You don't see it too much anymore, Glenn, because people don't hustle as much,
4: but the inside-the-park home run. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and it's and it's it's a rare and wondrous thing. I saw the one against the Red Sox a couple weeks ago. It was Toronto. Guy hit it straight up in the air, and the Red Sox center fielder couldn't find it. I had no idea where it was. Right. And so it's bouncing around the outfield, and I don't remember who the player was. I'm sorry, but he's – hustling around, oh. that is a good one. That's, that,
5: that was not the one you were thinking of? Uh, two things. Number one, that's exactly the one I was thinking of. Ah. I going go inside the park home run. On that play you're discussing, the guy who hit it was Ronald Tapia, a guy yeah. who's got a ton of speed. He stood in the box. He did not hustle. He, he thought he didn't was out. He not even run to begin yep, with. True. And then he realized, uh-oh, the center fielder doesn't know where it is. And he got on his horse, and he really flew around the bases and was safe at the plate. But he should have been able to uh, score standing up he if he had left the box on time. Could have got
4: five or six bases, though. That yes. That is, that's true. That, that is
5: true. He stood there thinking he was
4: out. Yes. Uh, Thomas in West Philly, you're on with Jody and Glenn. Hey, Thomas.
11: Hey, how you doing? All right. Good. Um, yeah, he took my answer.
5: <laughs> happens. Sorry about that. Yeah,
11: backup. It, it, I, I guess that just proves it is probably the most exciting playing sports. Um, but I do have a bunch of things I want to talk to you about. I hope you got time.
4: Well, let's get started. What do you got?
11: All right. First of all, um, I know you're from Buffalo, right? Uh, mm-hmm. uh yeah. So yeah, my wife's actually from Buffalo and, um, I had a question about who do you think are the craziest uh, I guess football fans. I want to talk about fan bases, mm-hmm. but, you know, specifically our Buffalo. Is Buffalo like the craziest football fans or maybe somebody else?
4: They're pretty nuts. Well, listen, there's a segment of every f- fan base that's nuts, right? So every every fan base has however many hundred thousand, every m- million people, and most of them are pretty normal. And then you have the people who go to the game who can be pretty rowdy. Buffalo has this group of people known as Bill's Mafia who have become right. famous or infamous Diving yeah. off of buildings onto folding tables. Right. Um, my dad, who is a big Bills fan, has never done that, and I don't think he will. But um, yeah, Bills fans are, are Bills fans are rowdy, but Bills fans are um, they don't get in as many fights as maybe some other fan bases. Jody, you oh, gotta, okay. hey Jody,
5: Jets fans have always been considered at the top of that list. Oh too. yeah, right, rowdy crew. Uh, not as much in the new stadium, but the old stadium, the Meadowlands, they're fights every single week. I know. Yeah, I had, was, a, had another I point. For several of them. <laughs> you were breaking them up. Uh, yeah, or at least watching from a safe distance. But appreciative of the effort of the Jet fans yeah. in throwing fists.
11: Another point about fan bases. I have a friend who's from D.C. He says that Phillies fans are not appreciative. That we, we have to appreciate the moment. and he's oh, talking that, about the
4: that, what, on what does he base that?
11: He said, you know, if they win, you should be, you should appreciate that. And I'm telling him, we appreciate well, that they're winning.
4: Appreciate it. We had two million people at a parade. What What the heck does he want?
11: No, that's the thing. He's talking about every regular season win is what he's talking about. And, and, and I, my thing is, you know, we're kind of like wait and see. You know what I mean? Because, you know, a lot of times we take that slide in August and September. Thomas,
4: here's what I think you should say to him. Philly, Philadelphia fans, and I don't know if he's talking about all the sports. It sounds like he is are so. very 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 deeply invested emotionally invested in their teams and have high expectations and will let their teams know when they don't do well. Hmm. Washington fans are well in hockey Washington fans only come when they're going to win the Stanley Cup. Jody, I, you can speak to Washington basketball fans. I don't know them, but Washington does not strike me as a city with really fervent fan bases. Thomas, we got to run, but give me the most exciting play in, oh, you were going to give the inside the park, right? Yeah. Okay, yep. All right. that's fine. All right,
5: two 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 things before our next call. Number one, I'll give props to Redskin fans. They're pretty damn good down in Washington, and they're diehard football fans. You're right. The other sports, pretty irrelevant uh, as far as the fan bases go. And one quick Buffalo note. Oh, I want Did to play you... it. Are you talking about last night? Yes.
4: All right, hold on, because we got it. If we've... I think this is what you're going to say. Jody, I don't know if you and I talked
5: about it. but yes, there was we a guy. Did. That's and, why I was going to bring yeah, it up.
4: Yeah, there was a guy in the draft that I wanted the Eagles to take. As and did he didn't, I. He didn't go until the sixth round of the Bills, which means the Eagles, who drafted before the Bills, could have gotten him in the sixth round. He is punter Matt Ariza, and here's what he did last night. Sixth round draft pick, his first punt today.
6: Oh, and it's God. a
4: big one. Wow, look at this, to the 15. And it's a touchback. I mean, it was an 82-yard punt. First time he kicked the ball in the NFL. 80 preseason, 82-yard punt. <laughs> Jody, I'm telling you, it's going to be one of these guys. I don't. This doesn't happen to me often because I'm not a draft nick, But every once in a while, there's a guy that I, you know, I, I just fall in love with. And this was the guy. I'm glad he went to the Bills because that's you know kind of my other team. But right.
5: I would have loved, particularly the way Aaron Sipp has finished last year, I would have loved to have seen this guy. And as, as I told you uh, when we discussed it earlier, I heard you bring it up with Ray in my car driving around. It's Saturday yeah. afternoon. Blah, blah. Oh, I watched this guy punt. Because I'm on the air till 2 o'clock in the morning on Saturday. Yeah, that's right. And San he Diego. plays San Diego State <laughs> West Coast games. So on CBS or Fox 2 or whatever else, I'm, I'm finding whatever college football game I can. Oh, I watched him live. Not just highlights. There I, I watch him do what he did in-game. Yeah. So I, like you, was talking him up a blue streak last year and was kind of bummed that he didn't go till the sixth round. So I know you and I were both big fans. Yeah. And when I saw he, he got an 82-yarder to kick it off, I said, oh, I'm bringing this up with Glenn tomorrow.
4: Yeah. Well, the whole thing is, oh, is he going to be able to punt in the NFL? Different ball, different air, you know. Hey, 82-yarder in Buffalo last night. Pretty, pretty good. Uh, uh, By the way, coming up, Ben Davis will join us. We'll talk some Phillies baseball. 825, Jody and I do a little what we're watching, uh, tell you what we have been seeing on TV. And a stretch. Here's the bot.
5: It's down to first. Hoskins has it. He goes to second. They get the out there. Throw to first. It's in time. Heck of a play. Reese Hoskins starts the 3-6-4 double play. Well,
4: of course, you know it's the Phillies, and they play great fundamental defense. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack. Now, it is our pleasure now to talk to Ben Davis, who will be calling the game today. Mosh, you're gonna have to put him up. There he is now. I see him. Uh Mosh, it's not working. You're gonna have to call him up. Okay. Uh,
12: hey Ben, how are guys? you, pal? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm just, uh, I'm standing on the field here at City Field and I'm just getting nice. the field ready and. Uh, I apologize if you hear a plane or two fly over.
4: <laughs> uh, we, we know that from all these years uh, it's just a really general question to begin with, like what does it feel like to you because it 's been a long time to be calling these games in what is a pennant race
12: uh, it's, it's it 's exciting it's just it 's been a while. Um, you know obviously that they 've had some some decent teams in recent years and just kind of fallen off at the end. Uh, but I think this is a this team has a different attitude. They have a different persona. They have uh, uh, a lot more confidence. They believe in each other. It's it's just a whole different feel in this clubhouse right now, and uh, it's it's exciting times. And um, I've seen no signs of them slowing down.
5: I right, need an honest answer here. As a former major league hitter, which of those two starting pitches would you have? waited, delayed at the bat rack more so before you had to get in there and take your hacks against one of those two?
12: But, uh, Nola or uh, DeGrom? Correct. <sighs> um, I, I'd rather take my chance. I know this is going to sound silly. I'd rather take my chances with, with DeGrom um, because I, I, wasn't, I, I couldn't hit a lot of pitches with, with depth, and Aaron's curveball would have given me fits. I'll tell you that right now. So I'll take my chances with 100, you know, mile hour fastball and 94 mile hour slider. I'm not saying I do well against it, but any pitch with depth, like Aaron can throw that that curveball at Will, he would he would just he just struck me out every time because I, I just didn't do well uh, on those pitches. So I'll take my chances with the ground. Aaron was unbelievable last night. He was unbelievable. We actually rode up in the in the elevator last night after the game, and I said, "Yo, dude," I said, "You had 38 pitches after two innings. You finished eight innings with 96. How the heck did you do that?" And he goes first pitch strikes, and they were aggressive. He goes, I'll take a first pitch rollover or pop-up any day of the week. And, uh, I mean, he ended up averaging only 12 pitches per inning for those eight innings. He was phenomenal last night.
4: He was great. Um, and, and he's really been on a terrific hot streak. Um, and they need him if they're going to get into the postseason. They need him to do well. He has really dropped off late in seasons in past years. We're not quite there. I mean, September would be that moment. Any idea why he's dropped in recent years and how that can be avoided?
12: Well, I think a lot has to do with his workload. Um, you know, he's—I think right now he's second in the National League in any pitched, mm-hmm. and I think it's—you know—he's been the guy that's taking the ball every fifth day for the last I don't know, five years. I think the workload has caught up to him. Maybe he's changing his uh, routine a little bit more, maybe laying off a little bit more and, and getting a little bit more rest. Um, but I don't see that happen this year. The way he's thrown the baseball, his confidence levels at all-time high. Um, and they're going to need him down the road. You know, to have Wheeler and, and Nola, uh, that's as good as one, two punches you're going to find, in, in, especially in the National League. So, um, you know, I'm going to take my chances with him and, and, and see how he does. But definitely, uh, I think he definitely, you know, he knows it's in him. He said himself that he, I've been disappointed the way I've performed in September the last couple of years. So uh, he's definitely going to look to change that.
5: Ben, uh, Glenn and I were just talking about this before we punched you up. Defense corner infield spots for the Phillies. Uh, Alec Bohm and Reese Hoskins have been well below average for a good chunk of their Major League career. But despite what Keith Hernandez thinks, they've actually picked it up. Boehm has been phenomenal over third base, and Hoskins has been improved at first base. How do you improve your defense in the middle of a season?
12: Well, I, I was talking with Bobby Dickerson this morning, and the amount of work that he puts in with these guys, you know, if you're the general fan, you might think, oh, they just show up, they put the uniform on, they go out and play. These guys work. I mean, they work, work, work. And they take a lot of pride in Bobby Dickerson is as good as it gets. And, you know, he was he was asking me about that play last night with Reese. I mean, that was phenomenal. There was zero hesitation. There was, you know what, I'm getting this out at second base and hopefully we'll get two. They ended up turning two. And it was just, it was a phenomenal play. And we've been critical of Reese's play at first base. And, you know, there's been times where it, it's He's struggled over there. But what he did last night and the way Alec Bohm has performed, Alec Bohm has made some exceptional plays. I mean, like Nolan Arenado plays. Uh, the turnaround he, he has made has been nothing, nothing short of remarkable. And, um, you know, these guys work their tails off day in and day out to make sure that they're getting their, their work in. So when it comes to chance for them in the game, they're ready.
4: Hey Ben, the old axiom is that a manager is going to win or lose you five games a year, right? That that's that's basically what they what they say. Um, so now w- the Phillies were twenty one and twenty nine when Joe Girardi got fired. I think they are forty and twenty one since that point. W- what what is it about uh, the Tomper that's got it, or what has happened to this team with this manager that really created this turnaround?
12: Well, I think. Uh, it's- twofold. I think, one, it was inevitable that the, the hitters were starting to, to pick it up a little bit. And two, it's just, a, and I, I love Joe. Uh, Joe and I played against each other. We had a very good relationship. Um, you know, and it was just something that, that the players look to me now like they're more confident in their abilities. They're, they're eager to get to the ballpark. They're, they, they know their roles. And I think that's evident in the bullpen. You know, they know their roles. Uh, it's just a different mindset right now. And, and Topper is a guy that, you know, the first two games of the, 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 the national series I'm sorry, the Marlin series that they won. Mm-hmm. He did his, his press conference, and you didn't know if he won by 10 runs or lost by 10 runs. And then He's that, that stoic. last game yeah, that last game, that day game on Thursday, you didn't know that, that, that the team lost, and you didn't know if, he, that, if they lost or won by 10 runs. He's the same guy every day, and I think that's something that the professionalism that he carries. I'm not saying Joe didn't have it, but the professionalism that, that, that topper has. I think the players feed off that. And they come ready to to kick somebody's tail every day. And they know their roles, and they are just performing at a rate, I think, that that we kind of expect them to.
5: Ben, I've got the Philly schedule in front of me. they got this finale against the Mets' day, Advantage-Phils because uh, they've got Wheeler. Well, Bassett's having a nice year for the Mets, not Wheeler. So it's a uh, favoritism to the Phils today. And then they play Cincinnati, and then they play the Mets again. And then they play Cincinnati again. Yeah. So, yeah. for the, uh, uh, a lengthy stretch, you're playing two teams with this team, the Phillies team, the way it's assembled, the way it's playing. Is that a good thing or a bad thing, that they're diving in against two specific teams over a two-week period?
12: Yeah, I I was never a big fan of playing the same team over and over, um, but that's what they're going to have to do. You can only play the teams that are on your schedule, and that's is the way they have to go about it. Um, you know, they get the Mets today, and then obviously train Cincinnati, but the weekend after next weekend, they're done with the Mets. So, you know, you got to try and, you know, try and gain as much ground and try and win every game, try and win every series. Um, and, you know, it's, again, you can only play the team that's, that's on your schedule. I, I you know, this is a good bo- ball club here in New York. I think the Phillies, I don't know. You look at them and the bottom, I was talking with Greg Murphy today on the, on the way in. And I said, you know, the bottom of their lineup doesn't really scare me, the Mets. You know, you get, you get through Marte and Alonzo and Lindor and those guys. And then after that, it's kind of, eh. So, you know, I, I like the Phillies' chances. And, you know, obviously Cincinnati's struggling this year, but they're still a big league ball club. Can't take anyone for granted. But bottom line is and I don't think they look forward. I think these players, I think they just played the game on that particular day. They're not ones to, to really look ahead. They're only worried about the task at hand. and that They're going to be worry about Chris Bassett today. All
4: right, Ben, you played seven seasons in the major leagues as a catcher, and we got into mm-hmm. a discussion with a caller today about how uh, catchers cannot block home plate anymore and, you know, how the, the, he was arguing that Real Muto was not particularly good at at the swipe move and so on. Um, my sense is that no catcher likes the new rule where you can't block the plate. It is designed, the Buster Posey rule is designed to pr- protect catchers, but I don't know if catchers like it. Your guy played the position. What do you think?
8: Well, you
12: are still allowed to block the plate on balls in the infield, so you still can do that. But on the throws from the outfield, you cannot block the plate. Um, so that is something that, you know, I think that the, the, the average fan doesn't know. I don't like it. Glenn, what is the, what the purpose of any defense in any sport is to do what? Prevent the other team from scoring, right? Yeah. And if I'm going to do that, if I'm at home plate, I don't want the guy to score. So how can I avoid that? Well, you take the plate away from him. I don't like the rule. You know, I, it's just, it's, it's affected the game, I think, for the worse. And, listen, if you don't want your catcher hurt, put him in a different position. If he's that valuable to you and you worry about him getting run over and getting breaking something, then put him in a
4: different position. But my, right, my Are you number, suggesting that was not a particular issue with you? No. I, your, it was, va- your, va- your value was not such that they would <laughs> – well, My value is not – the Bennett first.
12: <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, there's sometimes you have to give your body up. But, you know what, if I did prevent a run, then that was my whole objective. That was the, the goal of the defense is to uh, prevent the run. And if I had to do so, get my body up, then I did it.
4: Yeah, I think ben, every catcher has that mentality. Sorry, Jim. Well, you have to.
12: To play that you, I mean, you got to be a little dumb, but you also got to have that mentality, like yo, know, you're not. This is my play. You ain't getting there.
5: Got to get that chin guard down and make sure the guy doesn't get in there. But that's against the rules with outfield throws now, as Ben correctly points out. Yeah. I need a little catcher scouting report from you. No, it's in the It's gotten two starts for the Phillies so far. Had the weird one complete game, a win, but didn't really pitch that well. Gave up eleven hits in five innings. That's a lot. Came back pitched better against the Marlins. Got a no decision, but only two runs over six innings. What are you seeing out of Syndergaard comp to what he used to be when he was Thor with the Mets? Uh, Can he get up to speed and be closer to that level pitcher between now and the end of the season? How's he playing? I got about 27 questions here. I apologize. (laughs) Um, uh, Give us a Thor scouting report from Ben Davis, the former catcher.
12: Well, he's obviously not the guy that throws 103 anymore, so he's more of a a pitcher. and. He's a guy that you know he relies heavily on the sinker. Uh, he's mixing some, a few more curveballs, but he's he's a guy that has to stay down in the zone, like like any other pitcher. But if you're going to throw predominantly sinkers, you have to be down. Once that you elevate that sinker, it flattens out, and boy is it a good pitch to hit. So I think you know he's made some good pitches, made some bad pitches, uh, but the pitches that he's gotten hurt on, they have been elevated, and he's got to realize that you know he's got to get the ball down. Is he going to? overpower guys at times, not as much as he used to, but he still has enough giddy-up, you know, 94, 95, to get the rush at Bayou. So, um, but I think he's trying to, trying to figure out, like Zach Wheeler early in the year when he didn't have his fastball, he said, I'm not upset that I'm not throwing 98, 99. I'm upset that I can't pitch with 93, 94. And I think that's where Syndergaard is right now. He's got to be able to pitch with that 93, 94, occasionally 95, uh, to keep the ball down to induce soft contact. And if he can do, stay off barrels, you know, I like his chances.
4: Ben Davis, it is always a pleasure. You will be uh, calling the game today with Tom. You, it's you and Tommy today?
12: Just Tom and I, yes. There you yep, go. Yep. Look, looking forward to here it. In, in, uh, City Field. So, here in have Field. They've been working on the Shield since I got here at 9-15, and that's just unbelievable the amount of work they do. These guys, well, there you, there I don't think go. they get enough credit. <laughs> exactly.
4: Ben Davis speaking out right, for guys. groundskeepers. A man of the people. <laughs> ben, right. enjoy. Be well, All right, guys. Thanks so much. Right, pal. We'll be you.
5: well. There you go. Appreciate, and oh, by the way, if the rotation goes as it is, yeah. Syndergaard will get a start against the Mets next weekend here at uh, Cincinnati oh, Park. Oh, that would be fun. Should, should be interesting. Yeah.
4: Oh, that will be fun. I like it. Good thought. Uh, let's get uh, Tyrone in Middletown. You're on with Jody Mack, Glenn Now, hey, Tyrone.
11: Hi, good morning, guys. Thanks,
4: thanks yep. for taking my call.
11: You sure. It. Wow, it's an honor following a former major leaguer. When just ask a casual fan, um, I like the uh, one thing of note I, I really admire about the Phillies is that last night, uh, they were going toe to toe with the Mets and pitch for pitch, hit for hit, and they, their defense was stellar. I particularly love that play that uh, Alec Bone made, that bare handed grab. Mm-hmm. He was going to his right and threw him on at first. Excuse me, I'm breathing a little hard. Yeah, don't worry about it. Car. Take
4: your time. That's okay. We got you. <laughs>
11: Yeah, car washing at my age is a little... uh, There
4: you go. (laughs) You
11: know know, what? you got a nice uh, day
4: to do. Go out and wash the car.
11: Exactly. Yeah, but uh, but I'm particularly encouraged by the fact that these are low-scoring games, but the Phillies are in the game just about to the last pitch. And I think of note uh, when Bryce Harper comes back. Do you think that initially it'll be an adjustment period, or will they be able to handle the transition smoothly because... Long ball hall. Yeah. This guy I really love his swing. When he hit that double decker uh, home run last week. I mean this guy has power.
4: Yeah. I think it's gonna t I, I mean, I think it's fair to think it's gonna take Bryce Harper a little bit of time to get in stride. Uh, are we still Joey last we heard we're looking at like a end
5: of August, early September return? When he was on the broadcast, I'm pretty sure it was the Phillies one. He did back-to-back days. He did the Phillies game and then he yeah. did the Apple broadcast. Yeah, it was pretty the next good day too as well. Yeah, he's got a uh, future if that's what he wants to do when mm. his contract runs out twelve years from now. Um, so <laughs> we got a long way to wait before he broadcasts yeah. again. Hopefully, he's never hurt badly enough that they need him up in the broadcast booth. He said September-ish, mm. Ish. which I was hoping for August-ish rather than September-ish, but that's where he went. And ish could mean a couple of days before September, mm-hmm. all into your in- own interpretation. Um, but my guess would be we won't see him till after the end of this month.
4: Yeah, and it's fair to figure it's going to take him a couple of weeks to get his swing and stride. What you really want him for is the those last, what, 15 games of the year and then presumably into the playoffs. That's That's the best you hope for,
5: right? That he gets in a groove. Right, but he and uh, the different guys want to handle this differently, and different teams handle it differently. I don't know if he'll go out on a minor league rehab or not, mm-hmm. or if he'll just go sim game stuff with his own pitchers throwing to him, um, but he'll have he'll have the chance to get his swing in order before he gets activated, and yeah, I'm hoping he hits the ground running and is damn close to the MVP type player that he was before he went down.
4: Well, that would be nice. Let's get Mike in. Mike, it says North Cata. Where the heck are you? I can't read the whole thing. Where are you? Well, maybe you're nowhere. Mike, are you there?
8: Yo, I'm right here. Hang Uh, on there, buddy.
4: All right, well, come to the phone, Mike. I am, I am. Get out of the bathroom and come to the phone.
9: Come on now.
4: Hang
3: on one second. I'm sorry I wasn't in the bathroom, but I was at the other end of the grudge. Hey, look. (laughs) Yes. You got to score... A run in nine innings. I don't care who you're facing. Okay? DeGrom, Nolan Ryan, Scherzer. Didn't they just light up Scherzer a while back for like five runs? You have to score a run off DeGrom in six innings. Come on. All these guys that can hit a home run and then one run in three innings of relief pitcher.
4: Yeah. Jody, I'm going to let
3: you handle
5: this. Yeah. You watched last night's game and that's what you came away with. Shame on the Phillies for not hitting a two-time Cy young award winner, really?
3: No, I, I don't like I said, I don't care who it is. What are they going to do when they face the Braves, the Dodgers, the Mets, and they throw their two best pitches they're going to yeah, score. You no know run, something
5: One now, that I, now that I think about it, you're right. They should just shut the season down. Nah, see, Stop now you've taken it too far there. Uh, no, you've it taken far. it too far, sir, by suggesting okay. that because uh, Jacob DeGrom threw a hell of a game against him, why are we even considering the Phillies a team that can do something in the postseason? That's what you just said. All right, well, let me no, try to no. play middleman, Mike. Hold on. Let me play middleman. Go ahead. In the last week,
4: they beat Alcantara of Miami, who's probably the best pitcher in the National League this year, correct? Correct. They beat Scherzer on Friday night, who is a future Hall of Famer, correct? I believe that, yes. Okay, so two out of three against certified aces. I'll take that.
3: Well, I will too, but when they throw two aces at you, what are you going to do in the playoffs? You're going to score one run?
4: No, you're probably going to split. The other Uh, teams have great players too. What you need and hope for and what you've been getting is... Wheeler Zach Wheeler has been top of game. Aaron Nola has been terrific. And by the way, Ranger Suarez. Yeah, he's so great a hell the other day, didn't he? Yeah, so you just have to outpitch him. That's yeah. the answer. And and I appreciate it. And go back to cleaning your garage. And thanks for the call. But these things happen. I got nothing else on that, Jody. I got nothing for that? him. Period. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hey. Uh, you know what? Never mind. I'm going to, I'm going to take the break. We'll come back. We'll do Wait, what we're watching. Glenn, yeah.
6: I was going to say, cause we had, you know, we used to get Roy Diddinger when, yes. when Ray would get yes. upset,
4: but do we have a name for, uh, for angry Jody? Cause uh, that was, that was a bit of Roy Diddinger It was coming out Jody. And, and you know what? And, and I was happy that I was able to just kind of, Tee it up like that. Well, it can't be Judy, didn't Uh, Judy uh, McDonald. My (laughs)
5: wife is Judy, and he's not Uh, a Judy. Did I I tell you what was going to happen today, Moshe? Yes, you did. (laughs) Is that right? Uh, Every once in a while, because I was apologizing to Moshe because I mispronounced his name. So I said, I get Judy every once in a while. And to Glenn's credit... He doesn't do it often. He'll call me Ray before a call I have Judy. called you Ray. Yeah, yes, you have you called me Ray a couple of yeah. times. I said, if yeah. anyone I would accept it from, it would be Glenn, since uh, it's his wife's name.
4: Yeah, well, all, all due respect, Jody, I don't often confuse you for her. <laughs> yeah, that's um, a little bit, little bit of difference. Looks yeah, fine, we need an angry that. Jody. Think about that. I okay. mean, the,
6: the first thing comes to mind is just when he's angry, he's not Jody anymore. He's just Jode.
4: Maybe. Maybe. That's, we'll that's work the on. only thing I can come up with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll do I get a,
5: do I get a walk-in uh, music when I I turn into Angry Jode? <laughs> was, was there any musical interlude when you got Angry Roy?
4: No, no. Angry Roy was never anticipated. It just happened. That was mm-hmm. the great part of it. It yeah, just
5: kind of stinks. That's yeah. true. Yeah. I, I I don't enter any show believing I'm going to become Angry Joe, turn into the Hulk at some point during the show. But when someone is as I'm trying to d- – flippant, d- disrespectful uh, um, of the Phillies and what they've been doing of late. Dismiss- How about dismissive? Dismissive because he Jacob dismissive, DeGrom yeah. maybe the best pitcher in the last 15 years in baseball, threw a ed- gem at them last night. Oh, the Phillies have no chance. Come playoff time because you can't get one run over six. I'm sorry. He deserved what he got. Oh, yeah. No, you were great. You'd listen, as Mos- Moshe knows –
4: I enjoy working with partners who are generally regarded as really nice guys but have it in them to get angry. I just got a uh, I got a text from a WIP coworker and it, and uh, it says, "I love that Jody got mad there so
6: okay <laughs> I just weird. got a caller that didn't want to get on the air suggested we call uh, angry Jody
4: is Brody I don't know Nah, nah, we'll keep working on it. Most do I have a read here? I got some, myself really confused with the reads. My computer. No, Jody has working. a read here, though. Jody has oh, a read. Oh, you want me to
5: do a read here? All right, then yeah. I tell you
4: what. Let me give the numbers, hand it off to him coming up. What we're watching, uh, always a, a highlight, 215-592-9494. I'm Glenn Macnow with Angry Jody McDonald on 94 WIP. We'll play
7: anywhere. We'll play on grass. We'll play on turf. We'll go to landfill. doesn't matter. And that's what we got to be. That's who we have to be, because we'll tread water as long as it takes to bury you.
4: Dan Campbell, the coach of the Lions, who's a maniac, and to my way of thinking, a very likable guy, Uh, in the new season of Hard Knocks Detroit Lions. And by the way, I just want to briefly thank uh, Tyrion Lannister and Ron Burgundy and (laughs) Snoop Dogg and uh, Larry David, uh, (laughs) Jamie Lee Curtis, all those people for contributing to that sounder. Uh, uh, Jody, the new season of Hard Knocks is on. As we know, it focuses on the Detroit Lions, who happen to be the Eagles' first opponent this year. Lev Schreiber narrates, as always. Uh, Dan Campbell is a maniac. Deuce Staley is the greatest. Um, I, I, I'll give you my quick take. The Lions are super likable. Um, football is fun when you watch this. And it's the theme of this year's show is that you know, hope springs eternal for a Perennially bad franchise. Um, What do you, what, give me your your overall on the new season of HBO's Hard Knocks?
5: First episode was very good. Um, Yeah, a lot of it has been there, done that. Um, But I don't know about you, it works for me. Even though we've had bad teams be picked, new coach, changing attitudes, it's not that HBO hasn't done it before, it just always seems to work. It, it, maybe it's a comfort level. Maybe it's like being an old shoe. I know someone. There you go.
3: That <laughs> reference recently.
5: Uh, that's what hard knocks is to me. Yeah. I continue to enjoy it, even though there's a little been there, done that to it. And yeah, oh, I like Campbell a great deal. He's just a fun guy and a, I think, a motivational coach. Oh, yeah. But here's the bottom line, Glenn. The lines are going to be bad again this year. No matter how inspirational Dan Campbell is, no matter how great a job Deuce Staley does competing with his buddy Aaron Glenn, the offense against the defense in practice and trash talking between coach and all that fun stuff from the other day, their team's just not that good. Their talent isn't that good. And no matter how motivating their coaching staff is, I think that the Eagles are going to go in there and roll them in week number one, and the Lions will be lucky to win six games this year.
4: See, so that it's a funny thing. Because, and let me let me talk about several things that you said. I always like it too, and the reason I think is the timing. Um, I've missed football. My friend is back. You can call it the old shoe, and and it's you're you're there. It's I haven't had football for so long, and I've been watching some preseason football, Eagles and some other teams, and it's not the. First quarter is okay, and then it usually gets pretty dreary. But this is – they're not playing the games, but they're in the practices in football. And Dan Campbell is on the stage, and he paces, and he looks like he can bench press the stadium. He's talking about grit, and he's quoting Metallica. And he, I, I wrote oh. down one quote he said, if you can interpret this. Doesn't matter if you have one ass cheek and three toes, I will beat your ass. We're
5: going to tread water until we bury you. Yeah, that is he's amazing. example in a quote. You can't, you can't have a better example of what Dan Campbell's all about than yeah. that particular quote. And, oh, by the way, No Leaf Clover might be my right. favorite Metallica song of all. And oh. they incorporated that into the video. You there. The, oh, my God, did I love that. Okay. Um, they got
4: In the first episode, they got some things right. I thought the – and we've been watching it for years, and they always do – the feature where the rookies have to come up and sing the song in front of the team, right? They've seen that a million times. Aiden Hutchinson doing Michael Jackson's Billie Jean was tremendous. I mean, he was really good, and it was entertaining, and it got the team stoked up. That was like four golden minutes, I thought. Um, Yeah. and the yeah. other,
5: the linebacker doing the salsa thereafter. Yeah, it wasn't. Was great. <laughs> it was great. Both yes. of the rookies were great. I don't know if they can
4: play, but they can sing and dance. Yes. Um, Deuce Staley, who's a maniac, it was great. Um, you know, you you love Deuce. Uh, I, I think I can say this: he chews out guys for farting in the meeting room was pretty yeah. funny. Also, got a little Hank Fraley, honey buns, a little little bit of him. So, what I think. The local angle here, and I've heard it a lot on our station, look at what they're doing because they're hitting in practice. And, he, and Campbell talks about how you have to hit, you have to get ready, you have to be in game shape, you have to have the mindset. And I think a lot of people here who are looking at the Eagles having Camp Cupcake are getting nervous about it, thinking, oh, my God, you know the Eagles are sleeping through training camp and look at what the Lions are doing. I agree with you that its it, they're just not going to be that good. They can, they can hit each other as much as they want. They're
5: not going to be that good. Glenn, if the Detroit Lions are a freight train coming your way, yeah. I'm doubting it. Yeah, okay. okay. That's it. That's that, it. They, they can quote Metallica all they want. One of the greatest uh, rock songs of the last 25 years. I just don't see it about this team because the talent's not that good. The impassioned plea by Jamal Williams talking about the team when they gather together on the oh, yeah. field, and he's oh, yeah. almost coming to tears. Well, that's nice. Jamal Williams is a less than average back in the National Football League. And the Lions' offense does not scare me. Their number one draft pick that they moved up to get uh, isn't going to be ready for the start of the season. I think it's actually advantageous that the Eagles are playing the Lions early. I've I've been disagreed with this that you want you want to play the Lions at the end of the year when they know they're bad and they've already given up. No, I'd rather play them right away at the beginning of the season and get a W up on the scoreboard because you're just better than they are. So I like the fact that the Eagles are open up against the Lions, and I think they're winning uh, Week One by uh, double digit points. All right. So
4: talking about hard knocks, and you mentioned this—we it's the same stuff that we've seen year after year. It's the, you know the coach him up tackling montage and the the story. We didn't we we haven't gotten it, but you know you get the undrafted rookie or the, the the grizzled vet trying to hang on one more year, and the the conflicts and the montages to to hit you right in the feels. Um, but some teams are very reluctant to show anything. Remember when they did the Raiders and Mayock and Gruden didn't want to give them anything. This one, Dan Campbell, man, he's out there and they're showing everything. Very hard to dislike. Um, it helps the show that they got a loose nut as their main character this year. He's the main focus, and um, it's going to be good. You mentioned that great scene of Staley and Aaron Glenn trash talking. That was pretty <laughs> funny too. So great. I give it. I give it a. I'll give it a solid 8 out of 10 because I'm, I'm hooked.
5: Uh, same here. Uh, here's the one thing I will say, that it has lost a little bit of its luster, uh, not of its own accord, but just a fact of the way things have played out in the National Football League. It used to be a great pull back the curtain, and you get to see stuff that John Hugh Public just never gets to see in the locker room. The players talking with the coach, and the coach is talking directly to the players. That's not the case anymore because with social media having not become what it is and teams put out their own media aspects, you get to see the victory speech by the coach in the locker room after the fact. Yeah, yeah. Andy and Danson. When, right. When, when Hard knock started, you had none of that. This was the first time you ever got to go into an NFL locker room and see video of what's being said and what's going down. So it's lost a little of its edge, not a ton, but a little of its edge because... Teams control the video that comes out of their locker room post game now and put it on their own social media. So they're, they're swimming a little bit upstream with Hard Knocks. I thought they did a great job in episode one.
4: All the years that you watched Hard Knocks, is there one scene that particularly strikes you? Because there's one that does for me, and it's, it's as a negative.
5: Really? Tell me. I don't know. What it's
4: when to. Hugh Douglas got cut by Jacksonville on Hard Knocks.
5: Because we love
4: Hugh. I Hugh was on yesterday. We had him on yesterday. He got, he got in the Eagles Hall of Fame. Yeah, uh, what's his name it was the the Jaguars coach? Why am I forgetting his name? Anyway, Coughlin? no, I don't think it was Coughlin. Coughlin, it was didn't the, come? Uh, I I don't remember, but I remember they're discussing it and they're like they're making their cuts and Hugh and like oh god that was bad. Uh, one other thing I want to run by you, and we'll get back to the phones in one second. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Don't forget fifty dollar gift card from Shy Vintage Sports for whoever gives us the most exciting play in sports. We haven't gotten a lot of those from our callers, so. Very soon, when the season starts, starting in week two, Thursday night football, Jody Mack is going to be on Amazon this Mm -hmm. year. And during the baseball season, Phillies fans are trying to get used to watching games on Apple TV and so on. Most fans are not used to watching games streaming. Apple is going to be very different. They did a survey last week of football fans, Cumulus Media and Westwood One. They surveyed a, a thousand Americans eighteen and older who say they are football fans, and fifty four percent of them who say they watched Thursday Night Football were unaware it was on amazon, and f- I think fifty three no I'm sorry, let me get it correct forty seven percent were not aware that it is on Amazon, and fifty four percent said they are not Amazon prime members so that means they likely won't have access to the game when it streams unless they subscribe. Now, when it's your local team, they will put it on the local networks. But right. Thursday Night Football, which I just kind of sometimes come home and it's like you know, 10 o'clock at night, and it's like, yeah, I'll just crash in bed and watch that. I do get Amazon, but a lot of people
5: don't. Are people going to watch? You know what I think will be tremendously intriguing, Mac? And, and somebody you will be able to find the answer to this question somewhere. How much... Amazon, uh, uh, people who buy into it, increase between week one and week two. Because mm-hmm. if you're giving me these numbers, 50% didn't even know that it was on Amazon, well, they're probably still not going to know. Those individuals will because they were asked the question, and they're going to uh, react <laughs> right. to Those it. thousand people, right. Right. Uh, but just overall, people are going to go, wait, was football on? Yeah. They, they're looking I don't have Thursday this. How do I have we're to in? do yeah. And they might get lousy ratings week one, but I guarantee you there will be an increase in week number two because people are going to go, oh, damn, I guess I'm going to have to pay for this because it's going to be on every single week. Going I guess.
4: Forward. I, now, listen, it's Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit, right? So they're, they're putting money into it. They've got a big broadcast team, and I imagine they're going to do a very good production. Um, but for me, Thursday Night Football is the one I watch the least. I just kind of – and it's often not very good games. I don't know if they improved the quality of the opponents for it this year. It's often been throwaway games. Um, but for me, it's like if I'm doing nothing and I just want to veg out, it's like, oh, there's football. I'll turn it on. But it's not something I usually seek.
5: So I don't know how that's going to work. You know, it used to make me laugh, MacMan. man um, mm. You'd get the quotes every single year from the players, and usually uh, significant enough players that their name would grab your attention – That Thursday night football was wrong, and it was a joke, and it uh, put them more at risk, and the NFL is screwing us by playing Thursday night football, and I would take this stance all the time. Well, tell the players that the amount of extra money they get, because the game is on solo basis on a Thursday night, whatever broadcast outlet is, uh, but they're getting 2% Uh, of their gross revenues because that game is separated and broadcast out. So ask every player if they'll take a 2% pay cut, and guess what? The NFL will do away with uh, Thursday Night Football. How many do you think would actually say yes? Okay, no, no, yeah. no, players will Just never take.
4: They're never, little, never. Take the
5: players fight the fight to make more money, and they never win in the CBAs. Yes. They always have to take less practice than get more money. So now you're offering them a pay cut? Do you think anyone's going to stand up and go, yes, to prevent myself and my teammates from getting injured, I'll take a 2% pay cut? Nobody's ever doing that. No, never. Uh, let's get Jonathan in Plymouth
4: meeting. You're on with Jody and Glenn. Hey, Jonathan.
5: Hey, I have a Phillies concern, or I
2: could, or I could stick with football and do an Eagles point too.
4: Well, what's top of your mind?
2: Well, if I dig deep, I got the Phillies, and I got us facing a really nasty lefty in the playoffs, and I got the bullpen lefty heavy, and I'm scared a little bit. I need your guys' relief on my scaredness of our depth on righty bats. We got Veerling and Marsh, or no, Marsh is lefty. We got Veerling. Uh,
4: that's it, uh well, no, you have real Muto's a righty, you got Hoskins who's a righty, you got Bohm who's a righty i i'm I'm not sure where yeah
2: I, I agree our one through nine is balanced starting, but if we go if we need depth for anything oh, you're talking about the bench so.
4: yeah, well, yeah. if the Phillies got it listen the the bench has done very well i I don't want to criticize it because. Yeah. The, the bench won the game on Friday, or guys who are not normally starters have won the game on Friday, Vierling for Castellanos. The lefties are electric on the bench. Yeah, I know, but these days, and Jody, I'll, I'll run this by you, teams have such short benches, uh, and now that there's the DH, you don't need pinch hitters as much as you yeah. ever did, that um, I don't think you're going to win or lose right, a playoff right. game yeah. on your bench. Yeah.
2: Okay, no. that does relieve my worries. So thank it's you. Good. And then uh, on the Eagles, can I can I go on that too? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. So I got on at any given time on the field. Out of eleven players on defense, we'll have six six or five like really above average players at any time. And then on the offense, maybe six to eight at any time. And that's discluding Jalen. We got three X factor linemen. We got two X factor receivers. One will be on the field at all times. I think we got enough playmakers to really do some damage if we're coached right.
5: Joe, don't disagree on yeah, any of the either. point. Uh, I'd even, I might go to a fourth offensive lineman. Dickerson could get to that level this year. He's not there yet, but he could be able to get there. Yeah, uh, no, they got they, they got X they got eleven yeah. talent on this team.
4: Yep, they do. They stay healthy. They could be good. Jonathan, we got to run. Give us the most exciting play in sports.
2: The thirty-plus yard, forty-plus yard elusive run play.
4: Okay, with World a nasty scoop. I hear you. That's not bad. It's not bad. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. He's Jody McDonald. I'm Glenn Macnow on ninety four WIP. He's Jody McDonald. I'm Glenn Macnow. Phillies Mets coming up today. One forty start, leading off around twelve forty. Uh, Jody, I, one of the things I've always really liked and respected about you is you are a one of the most level-headed people I know when it comes to uh, all of these issues and don't get caught up in the frenzy of things. So, there was talk this last week, going NBA here, that Kevin Durant is uh, thinking, embracing the possibility of once again playing with James Harden, who now plays on the Sixers. Uh, SNY reporter Ian Begley. I, I don't know him, so I don't know how good he is. Oh, I do. He's oh, good. okay. Good. Yeah,
5: I know I know Ian. I worked ESPN Radio for a period of time. Sweet. I have him on as a guest all the time. Uh, is connected, does have very good sources. I would consider him a top informational guy Great. when it comes to uh, New York basketball.
4: All right. Well, he said the Sixers have interest in Durant. Well, duh. Of course they would. And that Durant has interest in the Sixers, which, of course, got everything started like, oh, this could all happen now. Well, I gave my opinion yesterday, so I don't need to give mine. I'll ask you, uh, do you buy the report and do you think there's any possibility that that could happen?
5: I thought you no. Know, you and I must not have discussed this last week. It must have happened after our show. Uh, yeah, that the story might, must have broken on on Monday. Um, that they got a picture of Durant and Harden at a concert together. Yeah, in England, overseas, York, I think. Uh, right, over in London, uh, which uh, magnified. Story and the possibilities and the like. And I know I discussed it here on WIP. I just yeah, no, not with me. I discussed it with the camera at Eagles camp the other day. Uh, I'll say exactly the same thing because nothing has changed in my mind. Do the Sixers have a package that they can put together that would be good enough to entice the Nets to trade him to Philadelphia? Perhaps, mm. but at least, again, if the reports are accurate, Boston has put a better offer on the table. Because they've got Jalen Brown, Brown yeah. to be able to give up. And, oh, by the way, making the money work, you have to take uh, Tobias Harris's contract. And, and I'm a Tobias fan more so than a lot of the Sixers fan base, at least uh, as for my judgment. Um, but not everybody feels that Tobias is a max money player, and he's got to be in the deal. And we know Maxie would be the key guy in the deal. If you're getting the superstar player, not Kevin Durant superstar, but a superstar in his own right, Jalen Brown in the deal, and you're getting other pieces like Derek White and draft picks, not just draft uh, swaps, but picks. The the Nets already have the Sixers picks yeah. because of the James Harden trade. So the Celtics, as per report, just an objective NBA uh, observer, had a better offer on the table, which the Nets turned down. Which the right Nets turned down. So I, I just don't see it. Could okay. it happen? Yeah. If the Celtics go, no, we're uh, good. We went to the NBA final last year. They're picking us to win the most games under overs for the upcoming NBA season. We're going to keep our team together. And they pull that off off the board. Now you got a legitimate conversation. Could the Sixers get something like that done? But when another team has made a better offer than the best one you can put out there, then I think the chances of him being a Sixer are uh, supremely small. Okay,
4: I agree. I don't see it happening. And um, just on a side note, it was interesting to hear people like, well, you can't trade Maxey. Well, you can for him. Yeah. You can for Durant.
5: Anyway. All right. All right. All right. And I'm a Maxi guy. I love Maxey. But you're talking about... Uh, borderline top ten NBA player of all time. Yes. not of not of today, of all time. Durant for me would be somewhere between ten and fifteen all time in the history of the NBA. You're going to turn a deal like that down because and you've got a good young guard.
4: That whole process was supposed to be about like acquiring assets you can trade when you're ready to win the whole thing, right? That was the whole process. That was the point of it. A
5: part of it, yes.
4: Yeah. Well, that would be that would. That would be it. But I'm like you. I just don't I don't see it being possible. Uh Eric in Maryland. You're on with Jody Mack and Glenn Mack now. Hey, Eric. Hey,
13: long time listener. it's been like thirty years. I don't know when you guys got together, but I I was a true Philadelphia fan uh, uh Phillies were my team forever. Yeah. Um they you know, my first game was a Connie Mack, Lou Brock was there, you know, Cookie Rojas. <laughs> hockey for the we name. We're walking out of the stadium and my dad's carrying me on his back, and a drunk or a homeless guy comes up and gives him money. My dad told me that story. Well, there you go. Okay. <laughs> All right.
4: So, what are you thinking today?
13: I'm thinking the uh, that, that I want to get a perspective on baseball, football, having been displanted from Philly for the last 20 years. Um, baseball is the thing that was the best game. And football's now become like the better sport. That's one thing. The I say that... Uh, over all these years like i've discovered that you really got to be in the town where you're watching the the baseball games so you can talk to your buddies and it's you know five or six maybe eight games a week and football i still eagles are my top forever now and phillies used to be my top yeah and over over time just being out of the city you start – where's your camaraderie? Well, I can't go to the bar yeah. five days a week and, right. and listen to – Eric,
4: play. we got to move on. What's your uh, – what is the most exciting play in sports? Uh, I like the shootout,
13: either soccer or hockey, like at the World Cup okay. or Olympic level. Right. That shoot. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. And then,
4: well, in, in hockey, well, yeah, you do get the shootout. You don't get it in the playoffs, thank God. I, I don't want to disagree with him. I hate the shootout. I just uh, think that, you know – I understand that they don't want people there all night, but geez, it seems such an artificial, phony way to end a game. And just I never will, liked
5: it. I will suggest the reason why you hate it is because it's derived from soccer.
4: No, that's not the reason. No, no. Although no? that's an
5: interesting perspective, and
4: and uh, there, <laughs> there may be—I've never considered that, but you may have some validity to that. No, I hate it because it's just such an artificial way to end a real game.
5: And also, by the way, the Flyers have been terrible at it forever. Forever. Terrible, Terrible. They yeah. can never find a guy who's no. just very good at that. The T.J. Oshies of the world oh. never come to uh, Philadelphia.
4: Yeah, he would be good. He would be something. Joel and Overbrook, you're on with Jody and Glenn. Hey, Joel.
5: Hey, thank you for taking my
10: call. Yeah. I have been following the Phillies since I was a little boy. I, rem- I, I used to sit on my grandfather's knee. And I watched uh, Jim Kinstani lose the, to the New York Yankees in the. In the... You should
4: uh, talk to our last caller. I think he's. I think he's got the same perspective. I listen, but you know something. And, and and you gentlemen, and
10: and especially Angelo in the morning, are rabble rousers, which is fine because they point out the bad and they make them, They make people correct their ways. Okay? So sure,
4: are we
5: rabble rousers? Ah, oh, you really are, but that, well, that's hold on. not Tell a bad it, thing. Joe, hold I on one second.
4: You. Hold on. hold on, Jody, would you consider us
5: rabble-rousers? I, I uh, don't know uh, if you saw these because I think they went to both you and I. Uh, there are some Twitter responses today that would call me a rabble-rouser because I disagreed <laughs> with the caller earlier who gave Jacob DeGrom no credit whatsoever for his ability to pitch. That shame on the Phillies for going six innings without scoring <laughs> against a future Hall of Fame pitcher.
4: I thought that was a very reasonable, rational point of view. Well, uh,
5: can I say something
10: else? Sure, come on in. Uh, Okay, here's the situation. If I had to point my finger at the person most, uh, most in, in, in the reason for the fact that the Phillies are so good, it's obviously the owner. We finally have an owner who spends money and doesn't really care. And I'm watching this, and I'm stunned out of my mind because I remember just nothing but bad teams with Ted Lepsio and Tico Fernandez. Oh, I want to throw up when I mention somebody's names. But take a look now at what we are. We we have everything. We They, they needed relievers. They go get relievers. They, yeah. they need uh, some, some hitters with power. They get hitters with power. Our drafts are are, are he did going he did be spend
4: and um you know he said he would go over the um the the luxury tax threshold yep. when it felt it was time to do it and this year he felt it was time to do it. I'm not going to throw a parade for John Middleton yet. He's fine, uh, you know. They I thought they did pretty well under Dave Montgomery for those years from 07 to '11. So I don't know about this is we
5: finally have a good owner, but. That's anyway, very fair, but Milton still gets critiqued, and uh, the we're back to being a small market franchise. I've never felt the case that no. the, as the case no. since no. Milton took over for Montgomery. You're right; it's been a nice run of ownership for the Phillies for the last couple of decades.
4: Yeah, no problem with that. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. He's Jody McDonald. I'm Glenn Mack Now coming up, very interesting. Shive Sports this week in Philadelphia sports history. Jody, I think the next one, everybody will remember where they were when they heard this news. Really? Oh, yeah. I'll find out where you were. That's next on 94WIP. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack. Now it is time for our Shive Vintage Sports. This week in Philadelphia's history, sports history brought to you by Shive Vintage Sports, where there's a story in every stitch. Check out their throwback apparel at their center city location or at shivesports.com. So, Jody McDonald, I take you back to, actually, uh, August 13th. So, yesterday was the anniversary, 2009. Do you remember what you were doing on that day? Give me the date again. August 13th, 2009.
5: Uh, Phillies are in a playoff run. Um, No, I can't say that I did. All
4: right. Well, I am going to give you the – well, I'm going to tell you this. Um, around 6 o'clock at night, there started to be a buzz in this city. There was a rumor. Couldn't be true. No way this is happening. And the buzz grew. And people who, like, had some credibility starting to confirm it. And then, well, I'll play you. This is the ESPN account of what happened that day.
5: Same night with Tom Brady made his return to the NFL. We found out
3: which team is going to give Michael Vick the chance to do the same thing. New meaning. For Philadelphia Freedom, Vicks and Eagle, former number one overall draft pick, signed a one-year deal with a second-year option. Vick has been out of the game since the 06 season ended. That next year he was convicted of conspiracy and running a dog-fighting ring. He served
4: 18 months in federal prison. and Now he was back, and I just remember it began as a buzz. The Eagles were playing that home preseason game against the Patriots that night. And the buzz began. It's like, no, nah, that can't be true. Is that true? And, and I remember, people. I think Sal Palantonio was one of the first to report it. And, you know, people who are the beat guys are starting to say this can happen. And remember, social media back then, much sparser than it is now. Right. And finally, and this is the, the cut I wanted to find. I couldn't find it. Merrill Reese on the broadcast says, I can confirm the Philadelphia Eagles have signed Mike Vick. Now, they had Donovan, Jody. He was the starting quarterback, so it sent this shockwave through town. Like, if they have Donovan, what does this mean? You remember that? Yes. Where
5: were you? I honestly don't remember, so I apologize to step on your toes. That's okay. I'm just trying to remember the first I heard it, where I heard it, and then how I would react because you're right today 2022 the first thing i'm going to do is go to uh website social media whatever else to try and get a reaction maybe more information on it 2009 yeah twitter wasn't twitter yet at least not in my universe so i'm not going there i probably turned on wip to Mm -hmm. hear what the host was saying and or the fans were saying as far as a reaction goes and I should, I guess, remember who was on the air at that time.
4: I well, it was, it was I Merrill. Go. It was the preseason game. Merrill, I think right before during, or at halftime, Merrill came on and, and kind of confirmed the buzz that had been going around the stadium. And it was like, holy cow. And then it's all we talked about for
5: days. Correct. Yeah. And even the way that it shook out, I would have uh, thought it would have been differently. I'm, I had my own opinions on why are they doing this? What, what's the upside? Well, we know what the downside was, that there were going to be some fans that were going to be really ticked off. Um, but uh, I, I, I debated it in my own mind for, shoot, months thereafter. Not even mm-hmm. days or weeks, but months thereafter as to whether this was a smart move. And it was kind of an Andy Reid thing that he's got a little father Flanagan in him, that he will take guys who've had issues elsewhere and he thinks under his guidance and his team's guidance, they can get them rehabilitated. And I wasn't sure that Michael Vick was the guy that you wanted to try and do that with.
4: Yeah. And to Vick's credit, I think he really did. um, He put into action what he said in words, you know? Um, I mean, he really got involved in charities and he really straightened it out. And I think, I will give him credit. I think I think he made the most of that second chance and did it honorably. I was I was opposed to the signing. I didn't like it. I never liked it. He was never my favorite player. Um, but to his credit, he he did what he said he was going to do. And his career here was I mean it, it was up and down. But when it was up, there was that year
5: for the first half of the year it looked like he was going to be the MVP. Yeah, under Chip Kelly. Uh, yeah, which that also went sideways after a yeah, period sure of it time. Did. And the one thing that I will say about Michael Vick, and I think too many people just either disregard this or or maybe as go as far as to uh, actually uh, knowing that it's the case but just not giving it any credence. He paid his penance. Yeah, he did. He, he did went, his time. He went to jail. As opposed A to? Lot of guys who have issues and do things and we judge them because of it like and they may get a suspension this guy did hard time in Leavenworth, so yes he did pay his time and i'm a guy who well maybe not to father flanagan levels but believe in second chances i said he deserves a second chance i i did not have an issue with him just coming back into the national football league didn't know if it needed to be philadelphia because their quarterback situation was what it was at the time But I had no problem. There were people saying, This guy should never be allowed to play in the National Football League again. He shouldn't be allowed to earn a living playing a sport. Yeah, he should. Because he did his time. He did his crime. He did his time. If you believe that anyone who ever commits a crime should never be allowed to rejoin society and needs to go to an island somewhere, uh, yeah, you and I are going to have a disagreement. I didn't have a problem with Vic returning to the NFL. All
4: right, so compare and contrast. You said he did his time. He showed remorse or penitence or whatever you want to call it, right? Uh Deshaun Watson, the other day, did an interview where he, he kind of did the, well, if I hurt anybody, I'm sorry kind of interview, right? Yep. Uh, because he's Which now trying to strike better than it. he had
5: done to that point. Yeah. He had, well, he had copped to nothing and apologized to nothing. So at least he finally said the words, I'm sorry. Yeah, but I think, first of all,
4: I watched it. Everybody's view is their view. It did not strike me as sincere. And secondly, I, I believe he's doing it only because – he's trying to come to the, a deal with the NFL. The the judge gave him 6 game suspension, the league wants more. He's I guess kind of offered, how about we do 8 and a 5 million dollar fine or whatever. I'm not buying it. I think it's an act.
5: Um yeah, I would be of the same uh, belief that you are that uh, someone has advised him that this would be they, they constructed a statement that he was okay with that served a purpose that he could quasi-apologize uh, and that it will be better for him down the road because at least he did that much. But in truth, do I think that he's really sorry and really uh, forgiven No, I, I think that it was preconceived and written to exact standards so that he could achieve what he wanted to do. And, Mac, you and I, uh, when we worked together, Roger Goodell was a commissioner. And a lot of people beat up on Roger Goodell. I'm Mm. one of the few, the proud Roger Goodell fans. Mm. I actually think he's got one of the hardest jobs on the planet, and that's why he makes 30 million bucks. And I think he usually does a pretty darn good job of it. I I don't know if it's a Goodell criticism or an NFL or the whole uh, TBA that they have in place with all these rules. How is this taking as long as it is? Once they found out that they were going to go to a third party and she took a month, a three day hearing that then you needed a month to find out she was going to come out at six games. And then Goodell immediately appeals. And now it's been two weeks since with the designee. It's supposed to be in rapid form expedited decision, and they're still dragging their feet. And Deshaun Watson was out on the National Football League field yesterday playing, and it was a really bad look as far as I'm concerned.
4: I agree that it was a really bad look. I can't answer why it takes so long. I mean, I have spent most of my life avoiding being sued. Uh, thanks, Jody. Um, yeah. <laughs> one of the two times involved you, so Yes, thanks, I,
5: I dragged you in with Yes, me, you, you man. sure I did. I apologize You that. said
4: something on the air, and I said, huh. And we both got sued. Yeah. I don't know what I was supposed to have said. But anyway, we got out of that. That was okay. Um, I just think in these legal cases, I bet you the stack of papers is as as high as your nose. That's what I would imagine. Okay. And then whatever judge there is has to read everyone. Got to get their money's worth uh let's uh, let's get some callers in here and by the way it's you can come in and steal this prize the Shy Vintage Sports $50 gift certificate for the most exciting play in sports we've gotten a few there are, I'm thinking of a half a dozen that deserve consideration let's see what Rich in Willingsboro has hey Rich hey good afternoon gentlemen um first of all I actually had the
14: privilege of meeting Michael Nick and he got me tickets for the game which was pretty cool um, I went to Will call, and I took my son, and he didn't believe me. We were laughing all the way there, but it was it, uh, it was a great game nice. and it was very a very nice side nice. mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um my My point with Jody is um yes, detroit game that's you know they definitely need to win that game right off the bat, and if they lose let's you know let's not even go to that point. you know our season would be really in, uh, a bad way to start and um secondly thirdly, I would like to make my point about the, the Playing base, um, the play—the
4: most exciting oh. play in sports. Yes.
14: Yes, I'm going to say it was in a uh, motion picture that I like called *The Sandlight*, *Sandlot*, *The Suicide Squeeze*. Oh, I like that. Ooh, I like that. You can't really have that anymore because you know that was where the catcher and the runner would collide and make it interesting, you know. So that. Oh, you can have nice. it.
4: Yeah, no, you don't get it a lot because teams don't bunt. They teams don't play okay. small ball. But I I I, Rich, I think that's a pretty good one. Jody, I a suicide squeeze,
5: everybody's on their feet for that. Right. And here's the he, he he made a great point and he probably didn't even know it. If the bunt goes down and it's not a great bunt, usually suicide squeeze as soon as you make contact. Uh, the guy's guaranteed to score because he's coming the entire way. But let's say that a really bad bunt and the runner doesn't get a good jump off third base, and it's right directly back to the pitcher, and the pitcher's going to try and flip it home to get the out. You can't block the plate. Yeah, you got to stand in front and swipe. <laughs> oh no, excuse me, Ben. Uh, ben corrected me earlier. Oh yeah, play the infield. Can, you can because it's yes. a play in the yes, infield. Yes, yes, so yes. So the catcher's got to get in front and get that. Uh, the, the, Uh, leg down in front of the uh, plate and block the plate. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Now that we don't have plays at the plate coming from the outfield, any ones that we can get from the infield are added excitement. I like that. See,
4: again, I don't want to complain. I like baseball. I'm enjoying this season. The Phillies are terrific, etc. etc. I like baseball more when guys steal bases, when you do an occasional hit and run, Uh, I'm not big on the bunt to second, but I am big on the suicide squeeze. I am big on plays that are different, that, that demand that the other team field the ball. You know what I mean? Make things happen. Make guys move around. You don't get enough of that for my money and the suicide squeeze
5: right at the top of the list. And oh, by the way, despite the caller that we had previously who said, shame on the Phillies for not getting a run off Jacob DeGrom in six innings. <laughs> in the ninth inning, they played good, fundamental. They stole three bases in they the ninth did. inning. They did. Uh, first stole second, then the double steal after Ria walked. Yeah. That's exactly what you want to do with Edwin Diaz because it's really hard to hit him. He's got 17 consecutive scoreless innings, longest streak in Major League Baseball. But he's not great at holding on runners because there aren't usually too many runners on base when he's yeah. in the game. He doesn't allow anybody to get on base. And damn if they didn't almost pull that off last night. Diaz yeah, got the and- got landed, But give the Phillies credit for playing it as well as they did even in the ninth when they didn't score.
4: That caller got under your skin. I love that. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. What do we yeah, call again, emotion? I, I, there has to be. A, there has to be an alternate. Jody McDonald. Another old caller
6: McDonald's. suggested Old McDonald instead of Jody
4: McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
5: oh, oh, I, I'll give you a couple. That's not that bad. Social media has gone down the road. Oh, they're uh, coming at a, you. What do a they got? Friend of yours and mine, yep. uh, former weatherman here in town, John Bolaris. Yeah. Uh, when Jody goes off, Jody Smackman. Okay, that's not Rather bad. than Jody MacMan, Yeah, and yeah. Maybe this one even better from Mary Ellen Driscoll. Oh, yeah. Ang- Angry Jody question mark. Mad Mac. Oh. Moving like Mel Gibson <laughs> through the worn-torn yeah. remnants of the rantings of misguided Philadelphia sports fans.
4: I think that's it, Mad, Mad Mac. Mad Mac is pretty yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, it's better than I'm old good. McDonald. I'm good.
5: I'm good with that.
4: Yeah, yeah, okay. Thank so, you, Mosh. Mary Ellen. Yeah, Mary Ellen Driscoll is a, is, uh, is a very good person. Uh, good, I, she talks to me a lot on social media. and she, Her stuff's always worthwhile. Um, so it doesn't happen often, Moshe. As you know, it didn't with Ray. But when it yeah. did, it was pretty special. And I'm will enjoy the prospect of having a partner who occasionally will. And Jody did it kind of like Ray. He like got slow and then he got angry, and it was it was just great. And, and you I, were I think
6: there might have been like a hay pal or a hay bud in there. <laughs> Like, it, it, it's a little a little condescending, kind yeah, word. It <laughs> was good.
5: That was good. Um, I'm, I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, I think I went down the road up. Let me get this right.
4: Yeah, you did that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you do that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the, getting back to that game last night, and they're still in second and third, and Ben Davis pointed out at the time, and I thought he had a very good um, perspective there, which is it's going to be really hard to hit this pitcher. However, He's throwing a few of them in the dirt, and yep. if one of them gets by the catcher, that might be your best opportunity to score, which you can do from third base. And that was that was a great rationale for why the steal was good, and you put a little more pressure on Diaz to be careful and not throw one in the dirt. So I, it, it didn't work out in the end. They didn't score, but they played it fundamentally right as you would. And one of the things we talk about the change from Joe Girardi – to Tom, the Tomper, or the Topper, it's the Tomper, right? Um, topper. Oh, the Topper. We lose the M in that one, huh? Okay, yeah, because so
6: his his name isn't spelled with an with a m p s M P S in it, and he's known as a story Topper,
4: so he's oh, Topper. Okay, is that what it is? Really, it doesn't seem the doesn't seem the personality to be that guy. But anyway, one of the things I like about this team, Jody, since you already left, is they do steal a lot more bases. He will play. I don't even want to call it small ball, but he'll take advantage of the talents on his team and not just have him try to sit back and hit
5: home runs. And I know this is uh, almost no one ever goes there. I'll give Joe Girardi credit. They were doing it before there was a managerial change. They were running more this year than the previous Joe Girardi teams. Now, Thompson has taken it to an even higher level, and they're being more aggressive. But it wasn't like this came out of left field. Same old Phillies. They never steal bases. Oh, my God, Rob Thompson's the manager. They're running wild. They were running more just in general before the, uh, the, the beginning of the season before they swapped out the manager. So um, I, I, I think that uh, Girardi should get at least partial credit for the fact that the Phillies are more aggressive on the bases.
4: All right, fine. The Phillies have 73 stolen bases, which puts them second in the National League. 73 good. stolen bases, you know, 10 years ago wouldn't have seemed like a lot.
5: There, there was a guy in Major League Baseball who had 73 right. stolen bases. <laughs> right. Not right. a team, an individual right. player who have 73 stolen bases at this yeah. stage of the year. Correct. And by the way,
4: you know who leads the Phillies in steals? He's a perfect
5: 14-0. Who's 14-0? Real Muto. I was going to say, is it JT? The catcher leads the yeah. team in steals. And he's perfect at it. That's pretty impressive. And he's still throwing out a better percentage than almost every other catcher when uh, the other team yeah, frequently attempts to steal against the Phillies. Yeah, good point. Very good point. All right, let's talk. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm
4: sorry. Let's talk to Robert and Glenn Olden. You're on with Jody and Glenn.
15: Hey, good afternoon, guys. How you doing? Good, Robert. Good. I'm going to try to touch all, all three teams real fast, and I have an answer for the end. Uh, the Sixers... Heck yeah, one hundred and ten percent. You made that trade, no doubt about it. So that's pretty much my point with the Sixers. If you're the right.
4: Sixers, yeah, but if yeah, you're absolutely. if you're the if you're the Nets, is that sure. that appealing to you?
15: That's uh, appealing. Boston's package, but maybe if Durant persists in coming here, that could be the difference. I, I don't know. Well, Before I think the report
4: Durant, from the guy, the in Sny Ian, uh, is it Begley Jody? Yeah, yeah, I think his report said the Sixers and Boston. Were desirable locations to Grant?
15: Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe if he comes, if he's patching up that relationship
4: more with Harden, Maybe. They, hey. You, know, you can aside. dream, my friend. You certainly can dream.
15: So it happens, I can dream. You know what I mean?
4: Uh, but the Eagles, real fast, guys,
15: you know, it has nothing to do with any of the plays. I like to see, I love seeing a couple of throws downfield. I was happy about that. But I love seeing that fire from Sirianni I loved it when you saw him. you could tell what he was saying I don't need to repeat the words but when he's mouthing <laughs> over to the other sideline I don't know if he was talking to the coach or he was talking to the I don't know who he was yelling, he was yelling across the field I love seeing that it had nothing to do with any axes and nose I just love seeing that little fire because it was a real cheap shot but I love seeing that edge from Sirianni so and I don't know how you guys Tony, felt what did you, what
5: did you uh, take out of that even more so, that Mylotta sprinted yeah. over yeah. to get into the guy's face and separate him from his quarterback. Him going to protect his quarterback was phenomenal.
15: Well, yeah, that too. So, you know, lotta and I love seeing the coach scream. Yeah,
5: you, you like culture of a team
4: where guys back each other up. and sure. I, I believe we have that here. Yep.
15: And real fast with the Phils, before I get to my answer, you know what? I want to know what to do with guys. Of course you want to win the game. That's the ultimate thing. But he gave them an opportunity. Yeah, you know I mean? He kept it close, almost pitch for pitch. And, you know, that's what I wanted him to do. So Noah showed up in a big game, and that's exactly what I wanted him to do. So I couldn't be happier. You know, I think it's going to hopefully translate to a better September. You know, for Noah. So Sure.
4: Well, I hope yeah. so. All right. What do you have as your most exciting play in sports?
15: The guy took it with the suicide screen, so I have to go back with my fallback playoff to the Hail Mary cast in football.
4: The Hail Mary. Oh, that's not bad. Jody, when you think Hail Mary – who comes to your mind first? No, or any play
5: that comes to your mind how, first? How sad is this going to be? And I'm chastising myself. You know what I think about now when, the first, uh, when I think of Hail Marys? Hmm. Is it pass interference?
4: Oh, well, it's not, No, raw. that's not about you. No, that's not it, about it's you. It's
5: just flat out wrong. You want to yeah. think about the guy going up and making a great catch and a tip ball. Get up, don't actually catch it, tip into your teammate. And No, the first thing I think of is, well, was that pass interference? Can you get a flag? Can we get the ball first and goal from the one? And that, unfortunately, is testament to what the National Football League is about. I know it's a shame on me, but I guarantee you I'm not alone.
4: I think of the Flutie miracle way back in the day. It was college football, oh. but there you go. All oh, right, Moshe Kravitz, what was the winner? By the way, can I just say a few that we didn't get uh, because uh, there were a few. Hold on. I thought I wrote them down, but I guess I didn't. Uh, never mind.
6: I oh, can't yeah, find I mean, out. The, of... the one that might have. Oh, the yeah, might Can one I give that...
4: you a couple I thought we should have had? I'm sorry. All right, go ahead. The we... Penalty shot, the home run stealing catch, triple play. You don't get those a lot. The buzzer beater, yeah. uh, the pick six. I would have said is a very exciting play, and the trick play on a on a uh, the fake field goal.
6: Yeah, I mean the buzzer beater was probably the one that could have won, but uh, next to that, inside the park home run, they're rare, they're fun, they're exciting, they're more exciting when the player you know it's just a great hit and the player doesn't just misplay it completely, but. uh but, yeah, inside the park home run, home run John and Manion is our winner.
4: John and Mannionk, congratulations. Moshe Kravitz, I thank you for producing. Leading off is coming up. I got to take off. Jody, it's all yours, pal. Partner, I talk to you in a couple weeks. Appreciate uh, it. Thank you so much. We'll see you then.
1: Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand.